Brian Noonan is playing on the radio, baby. I want to thank Brian Noonan for going on. Afternoon, welcome. Glad you're with me. We'll play that music twice. It's so good, we're going to play it a second time. It's Brian Noonan in for Rocon. Row is off until Monday, but most of the regular crew is here. We got a big show planned. It is always more fun when you get involved. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. That's the phone. That's the text. When you call in, you'll be talking to Ashley. She's executive producing the big broadcast today. If you are nice to her. You will get to me. That's how it works. On social media, it's Brian Noonan Show on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, Kim is here, uh, Kevin is here, and Lauren is here. So three-fourths of the Rocon Show is in the house. Very nice to see you guys. Hope you had a nice holiday. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, hopefully you did too. Yeah, this is actually, I think, Lauren, this is the first time we get to work together. We, Yeah, it is a first. That's right. So, I was, was going to say. It's going to be fun. No, I because uh, every time I've been in for row, most of you guys always, uh, for whatever reason, and I don't want to, you know post any conjecture you all take the same days off so i understand but we, that's good we do kind of try to line up the the days mm-hmm. off schedule. i know yeah you like to travel as a big pack <laughs> like a i'm pack. always here brian with i know kim, you, kim is the only one she's like oh, i'll stay that's all right somebody's <laughs> gotta somebody's gotta do the news that's exciting kevin we're gonna talk uh, later but man oh man the Sox are making a lot of moves in the off season and i'm I'm excited about them. Yeah, no team has made more buzz this offseason than the White Sox. You have the Jose Abreu contract extension and then the big free agent signings of Grandall and Dallas Keuchel just a few days ago. And then today they locked up Luis Robert, which I think got a lot of Sox fans excited. He, he already was locked up on a rookie deal, but right. this buys out arbitration years and uh, gets a little into the baseball lingo stuff. But essentially, it, uh, you don't have to worry about service time. You remember when Chris Bryant, they waited like 17 yes. days. It's, it's service time. It's weird. It's something that's going to be addressed with the new collective bargaining agreement. But the gist of it is... Luis Robert, expect him to be your starting center fielder for opening day. You could pretty much write the entire lineup right now outside of second base, but ton of, and they're not done yet. They might no. add some arms to the bullpen, so ton of reason to be excited about the White Sox. Now, does this does uh, Robert's deal have, is it contingent on him making that opening day roster? Because uh, There's not much doubt that he won't, but you never know what's going to happen in spring training. That's true. I mean, I would be stunned if he's not your your starter on, right. on opening day. So, I mean, this, this kind of... Um, Kind of locks him up and, and sends a message, I think, to the team, to the fans, to everybody around baseball that they're they're ready to rock. You look at the starting rotation: Michael Kopech returns. You got Dallas Keuchel, Lucas Giolito coming off a great year. Um, I think there's some real serious. Um, you, you should you should be excited about the White Sox yes. if you're a fan and just a baseball fan too. Um, this is going to be a, a team that's that should be in contention for a for many years to come. I don't think this is this is the whole point of a rebuild is to build depth and have right. a farm system. And, and, and when you start locking guys in right. for long periods of time, and you know, fingers crossed, because we've seen teams before, the White Sox included, who make a splash in the off season, yeah. and then the season starts and things go south very quickly. So. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think much of the success though will be on. Um, you know, if you look at some of the projected win totals, it's not. If you looked at, it, you might be a little surprised, but that's because you have a lot of young arms in that rotation, right. which which a ton of upside, but it's still unproven talent. I mean, um, Giolito showed what he could do last year, but you have Kopech, who we're really not sure. He's only had a handful of starts. Dylan sees the same thing. Ronaldo Lopez, but their upside is huge. I know people yeah. like Lauren, who's the biggest Sox fan I know, is giddy about this. I'm <laughs> so excited. Yeah, it, we should be excited, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. it's better than the years where nothing was happening in the off season. And, you know, maybe they'd try to f- sign some veteran 
to come in with a bunch of nobodies and go, this is this one guy is going to change everything. Yeah, right. no, They're going all work. in now, and that's what they needed to do. It's to the point where I'm expecting some big news every week, yeah. and I love it. It keeps you excited during the offseason. It's been a rough stretch for Chicago sports, so I think, uh, you know, you look at all the sports <laughs> I don't sports know what you're teams. talking about, Kevin. I th- <laughs> and think the Sox have, or, uh, Hawks have won three straight, so they're actually uh, they're getting back at it. But uh, I think, you know, if you look, if you project that moving forward, this is a team you, you, that you got to figure is going to be one of the more steady, consistent teams for the next few years now. So we'll be watching that closely. Yep. We'll be talking about that. Everybody's getting very excited. It'll be, you know, it'll be fun to go. I'll go to the ballpark, probably like you, Lauren. I'll go even when the team is not, you know, great. Mm-hmm. But the last couple seasons, incremental improvement has been enough to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is uh, we're looking in the right direction. And a lot of exciting ends to games. You know, there were some games it really didn't look like we had a chance, right? But they had that weird trend of kind of really kicking it into gear around the fifth inning. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's youth. I don't know if it's uh, the mentality of the clubhouse. A little bit of everything. Where they they really don't seem to quit. And that does sound, Kevin. That sounds like a sports cliche, doesn't it? No, they give, do they give a hundred and ten percent? They do. No, I I agree though. I mean, I remember the first year I was covering the Sox and the clubhouse, and then that was the year they basically entered the rebuild. Yeah. The the following year, the vibe in the clubhouse was just completely different because you had this the youthful movement. You had guys that were buying into what they were trying to do, which is a rebuild, which yeah. has demanded patience from a yeah. lot of people. <laughs> There's been, it's been a rough stretch for a few years, some bad baseball, but we saw flashes of it last year, and you saw individual growth like Yoel Moncada, who yep. had an outstanding year. He was a key part of this rebuild because that was the Chris Sale trade to Boston. Moncada came back in that deal. Um, Tim Anderson winning the battle, batting title. Jose Abreu continuing to produce, and Lucas Giolito, who had a, a breakout season. So uh, I think there's real excitement around this team. And I don't think Renteria gets enough credit for this. That was my bold prediction. Somebody put on Twitter, what's your bold Uh-oh, prediction for bold 2020? Pr- is this Saturday? a hot take? It's a, I don't know if it's a hot take. I think it's a realistic expectation. Okay. Ricky Renteria, manager of the year in the American League. I don't wow. think that's too much of a stretch, right? All right. Well, we're going to mark it down. You tweeted it, and now you said it on go. the air. So we're gonna uh, yeah. we're gonna hold you to it. Okay, we'll that's talk fine. to you. We'll talk to you in October. We'll talk to, yeah, hopefully we're talking playoff baseball. <laughs> yes, that would be a lot of fun. All right, we uh, we got a lot to get to. On the other side of the news, we're gonna talk uh, to Ben Bradley. He is back from vacation as well, so we'll find out what's going on on the TV side at WGN. Andy Field will join us at uh, three forty-seven to talk about the statements that were made by the defense secretary today regarding Iran, and we'll talk about how much it's going to cost us all to keep living in the city. Ooh, that's good news. Uh, and then, you know, later on we'll do other stuff. But <laughs> the, the first hour jam-packed with newsy things. One of those newsy things is the traffic and the weather. Let's see what Lauren's got for us. Brian Noonan in for Row. Speaking of WGN-TV, he is back from vacation and ready to talk. Ben Bradley is here. Hi, Ben. Happy Hello, New Year. Brian. Good to be with you. It is good to have you here. It's, uh, did, you enjoy, uh, did you enjoy the holidays? Everything go well? Uh, I did have a, a very nice time. I was off uh, Christmas Day That's and good. then uh, through New Year's Day, and I must confess, New Year's Eve... Uh, I not only didn't make it to midnight, but was asleep at 8.30 at night. Wow. All right. That's early. There's a lot of people don't make it till midnight. But eight was a, had you been up early you running know, marathons? Had, um, what were you doing? We had been traveling, uh, and it was uh, – we actually went, went – you know, my dad passed away about a year ago uh, and went to go see my stepmom. And so just being back in my dad's house, yeah. and, you know, kind of all the emotion of that, I think. That's draining as well yeah, as anything physical. Yeah, and so we physical, got back yeah. that day, and I couldn't figure out. I'm like, why am I just so spent? And I think it was just, you know, emotional as yeah. much as physical, so – well, listen, you didn't miss much. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you got <laughs> they to shoot see... off some fireworks. They people did some fireworks. shot guns illegally into the air. Oh, what did I miss? I don't... 
I'll tell you, in my neighborhood, it sounded like there was stuff going off, and stuff kept going off till about 2 a.m. Yes. Because the dogs were going crazy. I was like, I understand people get excited at midnight, and that's cool. You want to blow off some fireworks? I don't care. It's the shooting that uh, I'm surprised every year that we have to remind people not to shoot guns in the air. There was actually a person down in Texas who was... Uh hit and killed by a a bullet that was intended to be shot into the air that wound up hitting her well they people i guess forget that uh, gravity is the law what goes up must come down (laughs) and it's coming down somewhere yeah and it's coming down just as fast as it went up i didn't do well in physics but i'm thinking (laughs) uh yes it's potentially very dangerous yes so, um, but the other survive. thing that caught me today, I don't know if you heard or not, but marijuana is legal in Illinois. That's the buzz on the street, no pun intended. Smoke uh, it if you got it. I actually got a text from Steve Dale, who uh, works here at WGN. Everybody knows Steve Dale. He was wa- he said, I'm walking down Michigan Avenue, and the whole place smells like marijuana. Oh, no. I hope not. Uh, did you see there's an IDOT uh, sign programmer who I think deserves a raise? What did, I didn't see the, the sign. The signs uh, on the, over the highway uh, said something to the effect of if you're hanging out with buds you'll end up in the joint don't drive impaired bravo very nice they continue to knock it out of the park the the idot signs are just outstanding and timely as well they must have hired a comedy writer or something because this is uh, truly truly uh, impressive this is far beyond i think what we would typically affect expect in the form of humor from any type of governmental agency yeah, good for that. But yet the sign guy's been working overtime here at IDOT. <laughs> uh, speaking of working overtime, yes. did you see this number? How many people uh, showed up to buy recreational marijuana yesterday yes, on the first day? Was it 77,000? 77,000 people. Amazing. 3.2 million uh, worth of marijuana products sold in Illinois on day one. Average purchase price? So what did the average person spend? I'm going to guess 150 bucks. Much lower. Much oh, lower. Really? $41. Is that it? According to the state. I wonder if people were just going in and getting one or two joints just to, or a couple gummies just to, to, to say, say they, they did they it on the, the first, first day. They're kind of putting it up like the first dollar bill of a business. You tack it up to the wall. I saw one of the reports. Uh, a guy said he was going to frame the flower that he bought hmm. because he had been waiting his whole life. And he was an older guy. He wasn't like a 22-year-old going, I've waited my whole life. This was a guy maybe in his late 40s, he 50s. He some life. Yeah. yeah, he's been around a little bit. He's had to, you know, he's had pot in a uh, Sucrets container back in the day. <laughs> you know, so he's, he had been around. I think, I thought yesterday there were a lot of people who were doing it for the first time just to say they were there on the first day. Because you've got to figure if people are cannabis users, they were, they were set up. Before the holidays, they had their they had their supply. I, I don't know. I think there's I, I think that's true for people who are using it, uh, you know, in an ongoing manner. But I also think there's a certain segment of the population that are kind of fundamentally rule followers. OK. And who say, you know what? Uh, this isn't legal. I could get into a bit of trouble. I'm not going to do it. And then it becomes legal. And they say, hey, what the heck? You know, I might as well try it. I might as well live a little. I'll, you know, it's kind of like the people who show up to buy the lottery ticket when the Powerball is super high. They're like, well, I'll just I'll get in on the fun. Or, or the person who lines up to be first in line. Yeah. Uh, you know, when the new Star Wars movie opens. But, you know, this is this is a momentous time in Illinois. I don't know. I certainly don't think it's going to be the the cure for all that ails our city and our state uh, in no. terms of you know the economic shot in the arm that well, if they other hope states, it'll be? Yeah, if other states are an indication, it's not going to, it's not, like you said, it's not going to be the cure-all because 
yes, there will be an initial influx of big tax money. An initial but, high, yeah, if you will. Yes. I, I love it. You should work for IDOT in your spare time. <laughs> Somebody actually texted in that those IDOT sign slogans are sent in by the general public. Oh, really? Yeah, I will have to check into that. Mm. But uh, So, yeah, I, I don't know if it... we. Obviously, we won't be able to sustain, or the dispensaries won't be able to sustain the demand that's going to happen in this first week, but it will be interesting to see. And now, where exactly, this was a question a lot of people were asking yesterday, and I saw Toy Hutchinson on, uh, on WGN and a lot of other places talking about where the money's going to go, but it, it seemed a little bit vague, a lot of it going to the quote-unquote general fund. Well, the general fund, yeah, is is where it all goes. Uh, it? The general fund, and then it goes into I've got the general, a general fund. fund too. Sure, but and it then never I've got some se- other funds. <laughs> it never seems to come out of the general fund. Yeah, that's fund. the issue. That's the it's issue. Just, hmm. You know, I, I think it's worth noting that Illinois' program is a lot more contained and smaller in scale. Um, than what we've seen certainly in Colorado, where there is you know a dispensary on every corner, right. uh, they're as common as you know Chase Bank branches and Walgreens locations. Um, you know Illinois has set up some pretty significant fences and hurdles to overcome mm-hmm. uh, in order to open these shops. One of them, the mayor, you'll remember Lori Lightfoot said she didn't want it sold on Michigan Avenue. Yep. Um, so you know I think. It's not only not going to be the economic boom that we've seen in some states, uh, because we're, our, our program simply isn't as big as other states, um, but hopefully it doesn't become such a prevalent part of our lives, where, as you said earlier, you know, you're walking down the street, like you do in Denver, for yes. example, and everywhere you go, you just smell that smell. Mm-hmm. And it's, do you think that's partly because this was uh, legislature-driven rather than like a voters, uh, the voters? That's a this, good question. This just yeah, came right. from... In a lot of places, it, it was driven by voter referendum. Right. And so in some ways, you know, the politicians can, or the legislators can step back and, and say, well, it's the voters. They right. took the handcuffs off. So now, yeah, All now, speed ahead. This way, before anything was passed, a lot of these issues had been hammered out. Mm-hmm. Uh, And now, you know, like you said, there are a lot of stringent guidelines, and tomorrow is the deadline, or is it today, the deadline for the the new licenses? End of the day today. End of the day today. our political reporter, Tamon Bradley, is on that. He's going to have an update not only on how much was bought and sold in the first day, (laughs) but also, uh, yeah, this quest for more licenses for more dispensaries and to be... um, more equitable yes. uh, to minority communities uh, who have wanted to set up shop but didn't have that background in the medical marijuana field, right. which the state required for the early round of licensees. So Taman's going to get into that. And then this whole question about um, how police determine whether or not uh, you're impaired from marijuana if you get pulled over. It's a different process, though somewhat okay. similar to DUI. Uh, but you know there isn't a successful or proven breathalyzer that I've heard of. I know some companies have peddled breathalyzers for detecting marijuana, um, but there's not a standard when it comes to that, as far as I understand it. They can, much like they can do if you turn down a uh, breathalyzer for alcohol, they can draw your blood uh, with the proper uh, legal paperwork. And so uh, Marcella Raymond is going to look into... Um, how police are going to be looking for people who are under the influence of marijuana, what procedures there are, uh, and 
and how that's going to work. So that's also coming up this afternoon. That's going to be interesting. And then also, one of the things that seems to be overlooked because of of the frenzy of everybody now being able to buy recreational cannabis is the 11,000 convictions that are being overturned or pardons being given out for people with low-level marijuana convictions in the past. Yeah, Governor Pritzker wanted to make that part of uh, any marijuana legislation. It's to say that how we got here to this day came after decades and decades of a war on drugs mm-hmm. and situations in which um, nonviolent uh, people with uh, convictions for possessing a, a relatively low level amount of marijuana uh, not only sometimes spent time in jail, but also had convictions on their records that haunted them for years and years and years. And so Governor Pritzker tried to get out in front of that by just issuing pardons uh, for people who, uh, under most circumstances, had had been convicted for relatively low-level marijuana offenses. Uh, And that was another kind of interesting way this was rolled out that we didn't see in other states. Well, that's going to be... So besides marijuana... There's got to be other news happening. I know probably not, but there's there was the horrible story on the uh, the south the, the south, south shore side, neighborhood. South shore neighborhood and two children, two little boys uh, killed. One may have been thrown from the balcony. Uh, it, it may have been a suicide attempt by a woman in that apartment. Our Megan Dwyer is covering that. Uh, she's going to sort out that. She's been talking with police. She'll have an update for us on the WGN News at four. And then we're just getting in some new information from uh, the. Uh, Inspector General, who's charged with overseeing DCFS, that's the Child Welfare Agency in Illinois that we've reported on all too often um, for years, really, but even more so after the death of A.J. Friend and Crystal Lake, uh, whose family had been contacted in contact with DCFS for quite a while. There had been allegations of abuse, yet still that five-year-old was uh, in the home with the parents in Crystal Lake, the mom pleading guilty to murder, the dad awaiting trial. The inspector general is out with a report that found um, in the last fiscal year in Illinois, 123 children died within a year, within a year of having some sort of contact with the child welfare organization. Now, and what is DCFS saying of those 100? Now, this is an important distinction, though, of those 123 uh, deaths, 24 were homicide. Some were suicide. Uh, Many were accidental. uh, And nearly two dozen were undetermined in nature. Uh, So DCFS continues to say, you know, of course, as it always does, is that it's looking to learn and improve. But Cook County Public Guardian Charles Goldbert uh, responded to this annual report by saying this is unacceptable. He says it represents a nearly 25% increase in child deaths uh, from the prior year. That is unacceptable, and it's it's going to be interesting to hear how they justify this. And I well, know there is there is no justifying right, it. But and I, in fact, the the inspector general for DCFS noted in her annual report where she flushed out some of these numbers. She said, "I'm disheartened that many of the problems that she identifies." They've been identified before, year after year after year after year. Well, that's it. And we keep hearing from DCFS, we don't have the money, we don't have the manpower, we can't, you know, we can't keep doing this. At some point, this has got, something has to be done, and I know that's easier said than done, but it's, uh, this is ridiculous. It is. It's an ongoing issue, and unfortunately, one that um, 
there's not an easy solution no, to, uh, and it's it's for a long time they've just pointed fingers at previous administrations uh, and the ro- revolving door of directors at DCFS. Unbelievable. Well, Ben, we'll be watching. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Happy New Year, Brian. Happy New Year, my friend. All right, uh, let's do this. And then on the other side of the news, we'll talk about how much more it's going to cost you if you live in Chicago. Oh, boy, not good. It's Brian Noonan in for Rocon. Ro will be back on Monday. I will be with you again tomorrow. Uh, there was an interesting story that Kim did. I didn't realize today was the biggest day for returns, but it makes sense because I always thought people were kind of goofy if they went on the 26th or the 27th to return or exchange things because there's nothing left on the shelves. Now it's been a little over a week. Maybe you go in, you can right, make Right, and there are exchange. no sales or anymore, and right. people aren't looking for all that, so the stores probably have returned to normal. They're not as crowded, exactly. so it does make sense. Everything doesn't look like a bomb went off, you know. There's dress shirts thrown everywhere and uh, just the socks and underwear just piled on the floor. So that's good. Did you get anything, Kim, that you had to return? Or were you happy with everything that came your way? I actually only had one thing I had to return, and I just sent it back to Amazon. I haven't gone to the store. Ah, very nice. Lauren, everything go well, or do you have things to return? No complaints here. I got Mm -hmm. some really great uh, AirPods. I've never had them yet. Do you enjoy them? Yeah, I didn't think I would need them, and now I'm realizing <laughs> how much I'm not getting trapped on drawers and little handles with my cords everywhere. Wow. All right. So you wear you wore that earbuds at home, too, with the cord and everything? Yeah, I used to, because I, you know, it just didn't seem worth the money to me, and now I get why everyone loves them. No, I was just surprised that you wore headphones at home. Yeah, well, you know, if I'm listening to music sure, and other working out or something like that. I got you. What about you, KP? I'm sure everybody gave you your Miller Lite and uh, steaks, so you didn't have to take anything back? Had plenty great taste, less filling over the holiday season, no doubt about it, <laughs> Miller Lattes. Um, you know what? I got gift cards, and I ordered some clothes, so I okay. do got to go to the actual store to return. Because like, uh, what I got, I didn't like. I ended up not, you know, classic right. ordering online, and then you get it, and you're like, eh. It never looks the same. It never looks the same. It was Every- like a different texture than I anticipated I the shirt. It was totally different. And you look at it, and you're like, this is doesn't make any sense yeah. it, online it looked the the color was completely different right. and it looked like it was a shirt and now i get it and it's a caftan none of this makes any sense yep, exactly so then you have to trudge your way in yeah. ashley how'd you do uh, you gotta take anything back i took back some clothes that didn't fit right okay. kind of the same dealio yeah. as kevin you know clothes Can't are always, always trust tough. It. yeah i don't right? like i don't like to give clothes as gifts i don't really like to get clothes as gifts see the older i get i do do you yeah i don't I, I mean as a kid obviously my mom every year gets us me and my brothers socks, and I love the gift. Really? Yeah, it's like a re up for socks for the year. Well, that's a nice. So, that's a nice little. Uh, it's like bonus. stuff you don't want to buy, you know. Yeah. It's like I don't really want to go shopping for socks. It's like not on your to do list. But then when you get them, you're like, this is clutch. I got some fresh socks. And as a grown man, it's kind of funny that your mom is still giving you socks. Yeah, it's a she, nice little fun gets, Christmas exactly. thing, you know. I got socks and gift cards this year, and I, <laughs> I and I love. It was a perfect Christmas. That's all. They say, Kevin, what do you want for Christmas? I go nothing. You don't. Please don't get me anything. Do you? Worry that do. they defer, had forgotten about you, and uh, then we're at Walgreens Christmas morning <laughs> picking up some uh, bulk socks and gift cards. Well, they were fairly thoughtful. I mean, one was Top Golf. They know I'm a big golfer, okay. so that's there's a new Top Golf out in Schaumburg. Free plug for Top Golf. Ding ding ding! Wow. Um, and then, um, like a clothing store. So that's like, very you know, nice. Re up on some stuff for the year. Yeah, nice job. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get anything that I have to take back except like you, Kevin. Something, some couple things I ordered myself. And then do you see? I'm going to take the clothes back to the store instead of. Yes, no, I'm you know what I mean. I might as well just go there, and then I can actually see the clothes right. that I want. It's easier to exchange and everything. Yeah, because there was uh, well, one thing. It's sometimes it's all right. I just need a different size, so then you can reorder and do that. But if I'm returning it to exchange it for something else, I'm definitely going in and looking at this point. I'm not uh, for sure. I'm not messing around with all right. this online crazy. Missed once, not going to happen again. That's right. 
And uh, listen, our time is uh, our time is worth something. Our money is worth a lot more. And if you live in the city, uh, your money is not going to go as far as it used to because guess what? We are getting taxed on more and more things this year. The city uh, is going to collect, despite closing an $838 million budget deficit, without a huge property tax, we're still going to have huge property taxes. City is going to collect $72.3 million more in property tax revenues this year than it did last year. Uh, $15 million in taxes paid by the owners of newly constructed buildings, so I don't have to worry about that. Most of us don't. $18 million to allow Chicago Public Library branches to reopen on Sunday afternoons, which... At first blush, you go, who's going to the library? A lot of kids go to the library. A lot of people go to the library on Sunday, so why not? And uh, now, I am i am not a rideshare person, but I'm guessing, uh, Kevin, Lauren, you probably are. Yeah, I have one too mm-hmm. many great taste, less fillings. You definitely need you to You definitely need it, but now if you are in this area, you are going to be paying a lot more. Yeah. Did you see that? The I, Central Business District and the Near North Side and the West Loop uh, are going to triple the fees are going to triple for Uber and Lyft. Yeah, taxes I'm, rather. I think everyone can pretty much agree no one's ever really for taxes, but the ride-sharing situation downtown Ugh, for someone who brutal. for drives over, it's just awful. It's people oh, who know. don't know where they're going and they're stopping in the middle of Wacker and they're like, "Where, where do I go?" I'm like, "Come on, let's and go." Every and they other car from different states. It's yes. awful. Every other car is a ride-share car. Yeah, and you're right. The people don't know where they're going, but now it's those aren't the people who are paying it. It's the people yeah. who are riding. So the demand for the rides is still going to be there. The city is still going to, those cars are still going to come in, unfortunately, despite the fact that they're saying this is, we're doing this to kind of cut down on traffic in the, in the loop. It's, I don't see it as, as working. I don't know if it fixes, fixes the problems, but so, it had to be, had to have been addressed. I just don't know why that, I mean, all these things are GPS and they you can track them. Just put a limit on how many are downtown. I don't know how they would do it. Well, they also some sort of GPS barrier around this. The, the you could loop also, or you know, be a little stricter on who's getting, who's able to do these rideshares. I know it's supposed to be a side hustle for people, uh, but people were horrible drivers before Uber and Lyft, <laughs> right. and now you've given those people the they they think they have carte blanche. I know they're just, they're just doing cutting people off and left and right. Like, hey, you're not a taxi. I, I barely put up with it from the cabs, and I see them. You're in a Corolla. You don't get to just uh, slam on your brakes in the middle of Wacker, spin around, and head the other way. That's not how this is supposed to work. I'm all about cabbies downtown because they know where they're going. They do know where they're they going. They do drive very aggressively. I will say that. Um, but they get you to where you need to be in a timely fashion. I think the argument or and the defense that cabbies drive so aggressively was more prominent back when there weren't as many cars. Now, don't we all drive like cabbies, quite frankly? Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't <laughs> wait we for... We all drive like we're in a cab. For self-driving cars. People are like, self-driving cars? That sounds dangerous. I'm like, no, 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 no. I trust the computer much more than the guy next to me who just is trying to cut me off on the Kennedy. Uh, I, I'm torn on that because... you. I, I've seen the people sleeping, and I've. How many times has your computer glitched up here? It's true. Or at home, you want your computer to glitch when you're going 75 on the Edens? But people are bad drivers. Of course, they see it they every are. day. Mm-hmm. That's why we just got to start weeding it out. Weed out these drivers. See, if- but if they're all computerized, then at least the other working computer car will know that yours is glitching and it won't hit you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that might be. All right, we're going to uh, talk to Andy Field from ABC on the other side to uh, find out what's going on. The defense secretary made a statement today regarding Iran, so we'll talk a little about that to Andy, and we'll uh, we'll revisit these higher costs of being a Chicago resident because then everybody's surprised when, oh, wait, Chicago's losing population. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe people just can't afford to live here. We'll do that after we check traffic and weather with Lauren. Brian Noonan in for Ro Khan on 720 WGN. Uh, if you've been following the news, you uh, saw all the coverage of the U.S. Embassy in Iran, the, uh, the mobs that were outside. And today, Defense Secretary Mark Esper made a statement. Andy Field, ABC News correspondent in Washington, was there. And Andy joins us now on WGN. Uh, Andy, thanks for being here. Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. We had, uh, it, sounded, it, it sounded pretty threatening, the Secretary's remarks today. Is that, is that the tone while you were in the room that you felt? Where is Andy? Let's see. Is he there? No. Andy, you there? All right. We don't know. Uh, we have not. Uh, Andy Field is not there. Hold on. I'm there, here. There he is. Oh, there you are, Andy. Sorry. We had a <laughs> little technical difficulty. Uh, thanks. Glad you're here. Happy New Year. <laughs> Same to you. <laughs> we've got listen. We've got some New Year's gremlins. Twenty twenty starting out very rough here at the here. This this is Y two K twenty. It's yeah. We waited. We waited twenty <laughs> years for this. It's been lurking and, and lying in the darkness. So anyway, as I said, the defense secretary made some remarks today. Sounded a little bit threatening. Uh, is that the tone that it it seemed to take while you were in the room? Uh, yeah, but I don't think anyone seriously thinks the U.S. is going to go to war with Iran. Um, that would not be a pretty picture, nor I don't know that the U.S. Uh, uh, voters would have the stomach for yet another war in the Middle East. What happened here uh, is is uh, uh, Esper, our, our uh, defense secretary, said that anyone who tries to overrun the embassy again will, quote, run into a buzzsaw, and certainly they have the people in place to do that now. You have to remember, this is a gigantic compound and what the folks were able to attack were the outer rings of this compound so the embassy personnel are safely secure behind many many other barriers there but just in case the u.s has sent 750 more uh, u.s troops that many of them are uh, paratroopers that are going to be stationed in kuwait that couldn't easily be dropped i guess I, I don't know how safe that is to drop them into downtown baghdad but uh certainly uh, president trump has yet another new headache on his hand in the middle east because iran is creating a lot of mischief and it's doing it inside a country that's supposed to be our ally, ally Iraq. And this is all because of a, the uh, the drone airstrikes last week, correct? That that's what precipitated this this attack, so to, so to speak, attack. Well, that's what the folks in these militia are saying that uh, the U.S. thought that the militia was responsible for attacking uh, and, and causing mischief inside Iraq and killing an American contractor. The president ordered a strike against those people, killing a number of their members, and that's when they lashed out and went and attacked our embassy there. And that's why we now have yet another headache in the Middle East. Now, the, of course, uh, Secretary Esper would not go into details or give specifics, but he did say that he believes more attacks are being planned, right? I think they've known this for quite some time, which is why we have an additional 14,000 troops in the Gulf region there, stationed in various places, uh, especially in the Gulf region, where uh, Iranian uh, militia folks and, and even, we're told, uh, members of uh, the Iranian military have gone and tried to attack boats that are shipping through the channels there. Now, all of this is in reaction to the president pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal. They thought they had a deal. They had a 
deal with the United States that was signed and with the European Union, uh, that they weren't going to develop nuclear weapons and we were going to start easing the sanctions. Well, President Trump came in and said, mm, that's not for me. Uh, he pulled out of it. Right. And so Iran doesn't have a whole lot of options when it's getting squeezed economically other than to fight back physically, which is what they seem to be doing. And no indication that the president, uh, despite these uh, these problems, would ever reconsider, correct? Uh, re- well, I don't know. Well, he has said that he's willing to talk, but uh, certainly we haven't seen the same olive branch that he's given to the person that he has publicly said he's having a love affair with, which is Kim Jong-un. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's uh, that Christmas present thankfully never came, but uh, that... The, the, the well, they parallels. sent a Christmas card. <laughs> North Korea did send a big, big fat Christmas card on New Year's Day saying, uh, "Well, yeah, the nuclear uh, development that we said we weren't going to do, yeah, we're not going to be, we're not going to be beholden to that anymore." <laughs> now, the the secretary said today that the Iraqi government, that their behavior has improved in the last twenty four hours. Did he elaborate on what that improvement was? I'm sorry, you said which government is behaviors uh, improved? You said the Iraqi government's performance, rather, has improved. Oh, all right. Well, you know, the, the United States was none too pleased that uh, this militia group uh, was able to just kind of waltz up to the embassy and start uh, throwing Molotov cocktails and creating quite a bit of damage. Uh, and so I guess the Iraqi government has stepped in and said, oh, yeah, we've got your back now. Uh, the president and many Republicans are saying, we're not going to have another Benghazi, but but in fact, this is very similar to Benghazi, except in this case, the U.S. diplomats were not killed. But you now, size-wise, can you compare the the Iranian embassy to the to Benghazi? Is it because you mentioned earlier? Oh how no, big no, Benghazi was very small. It was a very small outpost. Um, this this one is way more fortified. So, it, it, but in term but in terms of an attack, it was an attack on a U.S. Right. embassy, uh, and it was not. Uh, immediately uh, pushed back by American forces, uh, and in the case of Benghazi, it was far more tragic, and they actually overran the compound. So you mentioned that the paratroopers are being stationed in Kuwait. Were, there were some other troops that were brought in immediately as well, right? Well, there were Marines that were brought in from other parts of Iraq uh, to come uh, guard the facility here. Listen, this is a very precarious situation. Uh, the United States is not beloved inside Iraq, despite the fact that uh, U.S. forces get rid of Saddam Hussein and the government there, because you have these various uh, Shia and Sunni Muslim uh, factions in the country, and that hasn't changed. Uh, and so there is still that tension. There is still this tribal hatred for, for one another even though the fact that they are all of the Muslim faith, they're various branches. And, uh, you know, there is no, there is really no lasting peace there, despite, what, how long have we been there now? More than 20 years, 20 yeah. years or so? Yeah, more than that. Yeah, a little over 20. They're saying that a lot of this, uh, this was precipitated by uh, this uh, Kateb Hezbollah, or KH. It's a militia. Is it, what, do, what do we know about these guys? Well, these are folks that that we're told get funding from uh, Iran to do Iran's bidding there. These are folks that are aligned philosophically, religiously with Iran. Now, the interesting part is we've heard the old saying, the enemy of of, of my enemy is my friend. 
well, indeed, they were indeed uh, helpful to the United States in getting uh, rid of ISIS in Iraq because Iran is no friend to ISIS, just as uh, most of the ruling class in Iraq and the United States. So they were instrumental in doing that, but they also are no friend of ours. And so this is a very strange kind of uh, love triangle going on in terms of who's the enemy and who's not. What's the situation currently? Well, we're told that things are stable at the embassy, that um, they don't expect another attack there, but that doesn't mean there isn't going to be another attack on other embassies. And this is one of the reasons that Secretary Pompeo canceled or postponed his trip to Ukraine and other uh, satellite, former uh, Soviet satellite states. Uh, He was supposed to go there to reinforce the fact that the United States is indeed their allies. Ukraine is an ally of the United States, despite the president withholding money from there, which is what got him into this whole impeachment mess in the first place. So uh, do, does the Defense Department tell us or the, the, the State Department tell us if they have increased security at other embassies in the region in light of this situation? They have, and well, I mean, they they don't go around um, promoting it, but sure. we know from our sources inside there that uh, many U.S. embassies are all on a constant state of alert in in some of these hotspots, and this just increased that because they are always the first target for terrorists. So, you know, this, this it's a huge win for a terrorist to take down anything that's owned and operated by the United States. And at this point, there's no words of further deployments, right? But obviously that can change depending on the situation. Yeah, there's a lot of troops there now, many more than were just a few weeks ago. But what they're doing right now is, is kind of a mystery other than standing by. And they are, they are saying, uh, the General Mark Milley said today, that they're confident that the embassy is strong, the, the security of the embassy is good. I think it's as well. They're confident about that, but it's as, as good as the relationship between the United States and Iraq, and <laughs> that hasn't been particularly right. good lately. Well, well, we will continue to monitor the situation, Andy. It is always good to talk to you, despite the technical difficulties on my end at the beginning. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you again very soon. All right, Brian. Thanks. Take care. That's Andy Field, ABC News correspondent in Washington D.C. You can follow him at Andy Field D.C. on Twitter. All right, so that is a—it's always a scary situation. Now let's get back to uh, let's get back to what is going to impact our pocketbooks even more. We talked about the rideshare. Uh, somebody we were we were kind of um, not deriding rideshare drivers, but the, come on, let's, uh, let's just, in order to drive for Uber and Lyft. This from the eight one five. You can't have had a ticket for two years. Bad driving is not the thing. Meh, I'm going to disagree. Full disclosure: for a brief time, I drove for both services. So. Bad driving is a thing. And if you've been on the roads, you know it's not it's not just rideshare drivers who are driving badly. But since they have identifying marks on their vehicles, we can point them out easier. You look like you you I you are jumping chomping at the bit. I'm just shocked that you actually worked for both companies. They you co- were probably just a hoot to drive with. No, I didn't say it would a be word. So, you didn't just you would just no, sit there I would, in silence. If, I would I would welcome people into the car. I would ask them if there was a type of music they wanted to listen to, and then unless they spoke to me, I would not speak. Because really, yeah, come on, you don't want to talk to some Yahoo who's driving you around. Oh my gosh, I always talk to my Uber driver. If if you would talk to me, I would have had a lovely. I had lovely conversations with some people. Other people, I, the 
I never said a word. No way. Other than thank you and welcome. Uh, is there anything I can... Uh... You just got to pick up on body language. Like Sometimes I get in the Uber, I'm like, please, nobody talk to me. Yeah. Oh, and I... Again... The only time the only time I think a driver should talk to you is if the passenger talk. Other than other than you know common courtesy stuff, and I think that goes for passengers too. Be a little courteous. You know, you can say hello. You don't have to get in and be a jerk. Uh, if you don't want to talk, put your head, your earbuds in, and just and and chill. And everybody can everybody can just get along. You know, so that's uh, that's that. On the other side of the news, yeah, we got to talk a little bit about uh, legal cannabis. In Illinois, I want to talk. I want to talk to both non-users and users alike, and I'll tell you why when we come back from the news on WGN. Brian Noonan in for Roe Conroe. Be back with you on Monday. I'll be here with you again tomorrow. Oh my goodness! Recreational cannabis became legal yesterday in Illinois, and people have been going crazy. The lines. Out the doors, around the blocks, people waiting for hours and hours, people standing in line last night uh, turned away, some of the dispensaries running out of product, people complaining that they wouldn't be able to get their medical cannabis because the recreational people are out there. Nearly 3.2 million in legal weed sold uh, yesterday, more than 77,000 customers. Uh, brought bought all different products. They were buying, uh, you know, the the flour. I'm learning so much about cannabis because I am a, a non-user. I've never been a user. So I'm, you know, I, I've been around it. I have friends of mine, relatives are all users. So I know a little bit about it, but I am learning so much. I'm learning that people were buying flowers and they were buying pre-rolled joints and they were buying uh, gummies and gelato and uh, creams and all sorts, all sorts of things. People spending a lot of money uh, because the tax is pretty high, but that's all well and good. Still a lot of people who are not in favor of this, a uh, lot of locales, a lot of locales, 40 local cities, villages, and counties, including sizable suburbs like Naperville and Arlington Heights and DuPage County have banned marijuana sales amid concerns about dependency, usage by minors, crime, traffic accidents, a lot of other worries. Other local governments are still deliberating. People are talking about it being a gateway drug, a lot of uh, old thinking is out there you know kevin you i know we're screening reefer madness for all your friends all weekend <laughs> to try to warn them off the evils of the devil weed that's right the devil's lettuce um <laughs> i haven't heard it referred to as that i like that it's so it's so like me and my friends are just it's so like as kids uh, like you're in high whatever when you're younger you're like trying to hide it and stuff and sure people are, and then now parents are like so where do, how do i get this stuff like the same parents who are disciplining their kids well that's don't I, even think about it mister yeah i smell weed from your bedroom i brought this up yesterday where do you draw the line as a parent to go say no to drugs i'm having yeah. a manhattan over here uh but don't and now well i still want my daughter to say no to drugs but if she wants to go buy you know something at a dispensary it's legal. I can't stop her. Just like she's 24, I can't stop her from going into a bar and having a drink. I just hope that I've given her enough of a background or a foundation that she's going to make good choices no matter what she uh, decides to do. But yeah, it's. I think. Do you think? Do you think part of the allure before? I, and I know that the answer to this is no. But part of the allure before was it was so taboo doing something bad. Yeah, you were good. living. You were part of the counterculture. You were living on the edge. The man could come and put his boot on your neck at any moment. I mean, it'll probably be the same as like kids trying to sneak booze into the basement, right? Just like, yeah. it's, oh, it's, I don't think it's going to really change much. Yeah, that's that. Well, this is what I want to know. If you're a non-user, 
Is there anything that people can say or any data that you can be shown that is going to make you change your mind and say, you know what, Uh, I wasn't for this legalization of recreational marijuana, but uh, I've learned that this is okay. This is, uh, you know, I've changed my mind. And on the flip side, if you are a cannabis user, uh, and I'm I'm not talking about medical marijuana because I've been a proponent of that for a long time. I think that's just a compassion issue. That's not a morality issue. That's not anything. If if medical cannabis can help you if you're suffering from cancer, one of these other diseases that it seems to help, then there's no reason you shouldn't have it. But if you're a recreational user, what do you think is the biggest misconception out there that you would like to set straight for the people who are still complaining, saying, this is not, this is not good? You know, somebody just pointed out you can still get in trouble at work even if it's legal, and that's that's true. There are some businesses, some companies that have zero tolerance policies, and you better know how long that THC is going to stay in your system because it can be anywhere from a couple days to a week, depending on how big you are, depending on what you what you ingest. So you know, we don't have to worry about that here. You know, you listen, we we could come in all goofed up, you know, drunk it, or high. I might encourage it. Am I, <laughs> you think I'm so? Kidding? No, Get they the, would never do that. I don't know. Listen, things change all the time. You don't know. Maybe they listen. You got to be high. I just think the the like the stereotype of like the you know the hippie tie dye shirt stoner guys like that's just gone. Like there are people you probably have known your whole life that are just, just your normal everyday sure. puts on a suit, grabs a, you know heads to work and comes home. And smokes a joint in his basement, you know? Just like the the person who you're sitting next to at the desk and goes home every night and has a glass of wine. Yeah. Or goes home, you know, stops at at the bar for a happy hour, has a beer or two, and then uh, moves on. Right. It's, I, there's a lot of evidence that says, medical evidence says, well, it could be, chemically, it could be a gateway to something else. But the reality is the studies show that most people who use cannabis never go on to harder drugs. Well, not to mention people who just have addictive personalities, they're going to be addicted to whatever their vices are. Something. Yes. Are you guys going to dabble or at least go to one of these stores just to check it out? Yeah. Now, I, I used to say, back, when, back before this whole started, uh, I used to say, well, one of the reasons I never smoked it was because I, I know my personality, like Lauren mentioned. And I was afraid if I liked it, I would like it. And we've all seen we've all seen the flip side of the recreational user who just likes it way too much. Right. And they're they're waking and baking and they're they're high all the time. And I didn't want to I didn't want to go down that track if I liked it. And also, there's a part of me that I have been one of those rule followers. While I do speed and I did uh, you know, I had a few underage drinks. I try. I, I never wanted to break the law. I was afraid of getting caught. So that's why those were the two reasons I didn't do it. Well, now that's taken away. Number two is taken away. Number one is still there. So to answer your question in a long, drawn-out way, I don't think I'm going to. I debated it two summers ago when I was driving back from California and going through Colorado. I debated. I thought, well, maybe I'll stop. And friends of mine were like, just go in and get a couple gummies. And I was like, well, I don't like gummies that aren't leached with THC. Why would I? I'm not going to, you know, my first time trying cannabis is not going to be something that I hate anyway. So, I, no, I, how about you? Are you going to, do you think, do you think the new legality and these lovely dispensaries are going to lure you in? I'll probably go into one of the dispensaries just to check it out. Once the, once the rage dies down a little bit, and I'm, I'm not waiting in line, but I'm just curious to see how the whole operation goes down. Yeah, it's, well, it seems to be, according to, I talked to a dispensary manager yesterday, you've been hearing about it, you've been hearing different people on different shows, they're really stressing education. 
Because I, I, I would go in there, I would have no idea. You could show me a million different products and different strains and this and that, and I would be like a monkey looking at a typewriter. There'd be, I'd have no idea what was going on. So they are saying there's a lot of education, there's menus, that's all going to, uh, that's all going to be a little bit easier once things die down from this initial rush. But, I don't know. So there's, there's a question. If you're a, if you're a recreational marijuana user and you're very excited about the legalization of cannabis, what misconceptions are out there that you would like to clear up? And if you're a non-user who was against this, why? And is there anything that you can be told that will change your mind? 312-981-7200 is the number. We'll talk to you after we hear from Lauren, who's going to tell us about what's going on on the roads. We are talking about recreational cannabis somebody texted in that's all people have been talking about all day can't we talk about something else? we will but this is this is a huge story it is it's the story that has it doesn't matter if you're watching tv if you're reading the paper if you're listening to the radio this is a huge story and just in the first day by the amount of money raised and the amount of people who are involved it is it is important to talk about so i'm wondering again if you are a, if you are a medical or recreational cannabis user what's the biggest misconception you think the people who are still opposed to this are operating under and if you're one of those people who are you're dead set against this you don't like you don't like this recreational marijuana bill or law being passed you don't like it uh being legalized what could change your mind 312-981-7200 ted's been hanging on he's in bensonville hi ted Mm-hmm. Something's going on with our phones today. Hello, Ted. Classic technical difficulty. I don't know. We're going to put him on hold. We're going to see. Maybe I can talk to Richard. Hello. There's Richard. Hi, Richard. Hey, what's happening? Nothing. What do you think? I, so, you know, whatever's good for the bottom line. If it makes money for the uh, for the state, not a problem. I'm a non-user, and uh, I did try it. Gummy bears the other night. It's worse for me been getting drunk and uh i couldn't get out of bed yesterday so really now do you think you took too much and i don't know i know they're saying they're telling non-users the quote i heard was told yesterday low and slow did you did you just take a fistful of gummies what'd you do yeah because one didn't work didn't do anything (laughs) so i actually took about four total well that seems like uh, too many you you know i let the dogs out in the back and uh i joined them (laughs) Okay. Yeah, four four seems or five seems too many. I don't. Again, I don't know, but that just seems. I, like, I saw Lauren's face when, when you said that. Yeah, that sounds dangerous. Yeah, that's not. Uh, if I, if you try it again, it is. Yeah, it's definitely definitely too. I did it. I did it my freshman year of high school, and I didn't touch the stuff since. And the other night reminded me why. So, All right. Well, Richard, not th- for everybody. No, it's it's definitely not for everybody, and nothing is. But Richard, be careful. If you decide to do it again, be, don't be crazy. Don't take a fistful. Take one and then wait for a little bit. Wait for a little bit. All right. Thanks, doctor. You're welcome. Yeah. So, when did I become the expert? Only because I talked to talked to somebody yesterday, and they said that was that's the key. You got to go low and slow if you are not uh, if you're not uh, doing. A lot of texts coming in at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. So many that the screen is uh, flying. Uh, I am, let's see, I'm a professional and a parent. I love weed. A good old-fashioned doobie is better than a glass of wine. My county judge 
husband bought me a uh, foot-long rolling paper off Amazon to celebrate New Year. You would be surprised who smokes, not your average hippies. Right, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. I had like, friends' parents who were like, you guys were the same people that were... You know, yelling at us for getting in trouble. Now it's like, see, everybody's everybody's been doing it. Yeah. Oh no. There's. You know, listen. I know people who are big, big in industry. They're very successful. They're. You would never. You never. That's just their way to relax. From the seven oh eight. I have. I have done this in the house for years. I am fifty seven. Won't do it. I don't want to be impaired. Is there an age limit to pot like alcohol? Yes, you have to be 21 to go into a dispensary to buy it, and they check your ID. It sounds like they check your ID more than once. So they check it when you first get in there to check in, and then when you're in the showroom, they check it again before you uh, before you buy things. You know, you mentioned earlier someone said that Michigan Avenue smelled like, like pot. Yeah. To me, that's like the one thing I'm a little worried about. Like, I don't want to be walking around downtown with just clouds of smoke everywhere. Smells like skunk. Smells like a everywhere. Skunk everywhere. Yeah. I, just, I just don't like that. Well, I'm not the, even being like a, you know, all negative on it. It's just do we want to walk around? No, as a society we with clouds of pot smoke. We definitely don't. And of course, now I can I'll quote the law that you're not supposed to smoke in public places. But we know how well people follow the law. Well, I have to tell you, I yes. walked home last night and I could smell it all the way home. <laughs> but you know, if people are doing it out on their balconies, that's legal. Right. Yes. So are you are people smoking it on the Riverwalk? Maybe not, but like like you said, there's a ton of balconies. A lot around of balconies. Here, yes. And you can sit outside on your balcony. But I have to tell you, even before it was legal and I would walk home, I would still smell it a lot. <laughs> so not much has changed. Ah, all right. So yeah, we don't somebody tell me I need to take a hit. I don't know. Uh, I can't do it. Do it. Uh, my hut, thanks, Kevin, because I'm old enough where peer pressure is going to bend me. <laughs> if if I made it this long and had my bro- my brother called me a square the other night. For not doing it? For not doing it. Mm. Uh, I didn't bend to that. And I have to see him at Christmas. So, you know. Uh, from the 309, my husband and I, both in our mid-50s, I grew up a ba- the baby of the family, got away with everything, and broke all the rules. Husband is an Eagle Scout mechanical engineer rule follower. A couple years ago, he realized I smoked recreational weed. He was not a happy camper. After much discussion and compromise on both sides, he came to accept that I do. He realized so so many around him have been partaking as well. You just never know. So there you go. What are the rules about recreational cannabis and maintaining a FOID card? That I heard John talking about that. That is a huge worry. But uh, I am looking at a post from the Illinois State Police, which says the Illinois State Police will not revoke firearm owners' identification cards based solely on a person's legal use of adult-use cannabis. Uh, Accordingly, the ISP will revoke FOID cards where it is demonstrated that an individual is addicted to or is a habitual user of cannabis. The ISP would also revoke or deny the FOID card of those who violate certain provisions of the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act. The use of cannabis is still considered to be illegal by the federal government, and the purchase of a firearm from a federally licensed firearms dealer is governed by federal law. So now I don't know. The wording on there gets vague because how are they going to decide who is addicted or who is a habitual user because the dispensaries are not allowed to share any uh, personal information. So I don't know if that means once you go in and you're proven to be 21, if they're going to be able to keep records of how many times you go in, that's a little vague. But right now, if you're just going in, if you go in once to see what things are about and try it, they're not taking away your uh, FOID card. 
So that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of people talking about that. A lot of people worried about that. But I don't think I don't think you need to worry. I according again, this is a Facebook post from the Illinois State Police. Uh, that I was reading to you verbatim. 312-981-7200. Kelso's in DeKalb. Hey, Kelso. Hi. Yeah, I was actually just calling about what you just spoke of, um, the maintaining a FOID card and buying recreational cannabis, because a couple of my friends wanted to go to the dispensary, but um, they were afraid, you know, they were going to be tracked and um, maybe lose their FOID card or a concealed carry permit. No, it's it. It doesn't seem like that. And I'm reading this from not only Facebook, but but from a number of television and media outlets, not just you know website Bob's website on the internet. So I, that's yeah. that's what they're saying. Okay, well I can maybe clear that up for them. Yeah. Then. Thank you. Tell your friends to tilt up, Kelso. Thanks. Happy <laughs> New Year. Ed is in uh, River Grove. Hi, Ed. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Hi, good. Um, I just wanted to put my two cents in. I think everybody is blowing it out of proportion. I don't think, uh, other than the normal bubble you get in something like this, take a look at Prohibition 1933. Uh, there was a lot of people that got real drunk for a long time, uh, but the bubble will burst in a month or two, and things will be back to the way they were, which is to say that all the same, or a few more people will be smoking, and uh, those people are of a varying age. I'm 62, right? and uh, I've been partaking uh, for over 40 years. I was going to say, if you watched any of the coverage from yesterday, the lines were filled with people of all different ages, all different races. It's, you know, a huge cross-section of the country. So, uh... Absolutely, and I, I just want people to at least be willing to give it some time. Let's see how this shakes out. Uh, there's bigger concerns with it. Um, I've noticed a lot of the dispensaries have changed their names, and they're all part of the same consortium, which happens to be the folks that are growing it and manufacturing mm-hmm. it here in Illinois. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'd like to learn more about that because I thought this was supposed to be a diverse group of owners. Well, it's uh, we'll see. There's, uh, you know, as the... The first ones were the medical marijuana dispensaries. Now we'll see as the application process ends today and the new licenses are given out by May, who uh, who actually gets it. I heard a term yesterday that I had not heard before, big canna. Uh, so the big cannabis companies are, are out there. We'll see how everything shakes out. Frank, oh, I, we, we, we have one here now, actually, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right. but... Let's just be aware of, of, of what is and uh, not conject, but look at the facts. Um, it's it's very interesting. It's a new commodity uh, onto the market. That alone, uh, you might see once in a lifetime, if that. Right. So exactly. hang on. Frank, thanks Everybody for the call. To hang on. We will. Happy New Year. Uh, that was Ed. We're talking to Frank right now. Hi, Frank. Hey, uh, everybody's acting like this is the greatest thing ever, but I don't hear anybody talking about the fact there will be more people under the influence driving cars and how many more accidents will they cause and how many more people will those accidents injure and then, unfortunately, how, how many more people will be killed. That is an unavoidable reality that nobody is talking about. And Governor Pritzker, when he signed the bill with all the big happy smiles, he is going to have the blood of somebody on his hands for doing this. Well, there has been conversation amongst uh, amongst legislators and amongst the law enforcement community about how they're going to do this right now they're going to they're going to treat it as they as they have in the past where if 
they have probable cause and they stop you and they smell something or they can tell that you're altered in some way, it's going to proceed. They are working on a more reliable test, like a DUI test, that uh, they don't have right now. So you're right, there there probably will be an uptick in accidents based on people who are operating their vehicle under the influence of cannabis. Uh, there are people operating, there. There were last week there were people driving after getting high. So will there be a few more? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. How could there possibly be maybe not? Because I'm guessing there's going to be the the percentage, and I don't know this for sure, but we'll, we have to give it some time. The percentage of people who are in line and using it now, we're probably already using it. There there yeah, will be some new people. About all the new users. I, I would just love to put some facts on this about what the Colorado experience, what is, are the other states experiencing, because I'm sorry, maybe I'm, I'm uh, too hard on this, but it's unavoidable that someone is going to be killed that would not have been killed otherwise. Well, I, I, unfortunately, I think you're right. I hope you're wrong. Uh, Frank, thank you for the call. We're going to switch it up because uh, this is also a year not only of legalized cannabis, but the government is going to count us. How will they do it? Why will they do it? Why should you get involved? We'll talk about the census on the other side of the news, which comes your way right now on 720 WGN. Brian Noonan in for Roe. Roe will be back on Monday, 2020, election year. We've got legalized cannabis. A lot of things are changing. Many new laws in Illinois. And it is also the year that the government is going to count us. Yes, it's a census year. Uh, Why is the census being done? Because every 10 years, we've got to count how many people are here. According to the Constitution, the Constitution mandates a count. That takes place every decade. Uh, The data gathered from the count is used to determine the number of representatives each state will have in Congress. It is also used to redistrict political maps and the amount each state gets from various federal funding programs. And you may think, I don't want to get involved in this. This is, I, I don't need it. This is nuts. I don't want somebody knocking at the door. Well, things have changed. This is going to be a little bit easier for us to get counted. But, Why should you participate in the census? I can't tell you that. But you know who can? The U.S. Census Department. How will 2020 census data be used? Where there are more people, there are more needs for public services. That's why the census is used by the government to inform funding decisions each year. But that's not all. It's also used by nonprofits to inform services, by businesses to create jobs, and even by students for school projects. Understanding how the population changes helps us shape communities across the country for the better. Shape your future. Start here. Visit 2020census.com. Boy, with that uh, bubbly voice and that happy music, who wouldn't want to be part of the census? Why wouldn't you want to? This, I, uh, I will say uh, it was, let's see, it had to be 30 years ago. Two, or 20 years ago, two censuses ago, we had uh, we were living in California, and I was I took a job as a census taker. For, I've done a lot of th- <laughs> I've done a lot of things in my life. I uh, can't hold a job. That's the problem, Ashley. Let's be honest. So I was a census taker, and it was it was the worst because you were, I was having to go around this district that was mostly apartment buildings, and you get this huge ream of addresses, and you had to go, and people don't people don't want to answer the door. To some Yahoo going, how many people live here? You got a toilet in there? What's going on? And they don't want to answer those questions. But this time, it's going to be so much easier because you'll be able to take do the census. And it's only a few questions. You'll be able to do it by phone. You'll be able to do it on your tablet. You'll be able to do it by uh, online. It's so, so much easier. And you can start doing it 
uh, March 12th, you're going to start getting reminders from the Census Bureau, giving you instructions on how you can access and submit the questionnaire. Uh, they are starting a little this month in remote parts of Alaska because they have to count like the two penguins and the three guys who are on the lamb from the feds, all that. They've got to count those. But starting March 12th, now here's the problem. They say in Illinois, March 12th is very close to the primary election. So you have to make sure that when all these mailings come from these candidates that you're not throwing out your census information too. You got to make sure you keep the census because why is it a particular concern here in Illinois? Well, we've seen a population decline for the sixth year in a row, lost more residents since 2010 than any other state. So it's important to know how many people are living here so that we can get our fair share of the loot. Not that that we'll do anything good with it. The government will just uh, take it and do whatever, but that's it. So from March 16th to March 24th, they're going to send more reminders about the census. And as long as you do this online or on your phone before April 1st, nobody's coming to your door. So if you don't want any, if you don't want somebody in a vest with a badge that says, hey, check me out, I work for the Census Bureau, fill this out, they're not coming to your house, all right? April 8th uh, to 16th, the Bureau will send out paper forms to households uh, that by that point haven't participated. What are they going to ask you? It's it's easy. They're going to ask you how many people are living in your house, your apartment, your mobile home, your whatever. Dozen questions. That's it. Twelve questions. Shouldn't take you very long. Completed online, as you say. It says how many people are living in the household, what type of property is it, each resident's name, gender, and age as of April 1st. Race, and if the person is of Latino origin. If more than one person lives in the house, the Bureau is going to ask for a description of how each resident is related. It's either roommates, same-sex partners, siblings, things like that. They are not going to ask for a Social Security number, bank account number, credit card number, immigration status, or for donations. That was a big thing. People were panicking because there was a push to get a question about citizenship. And the U.S. Department of Commerce wanted that. They wanted the question uh, after the Department of Justice recommended it. The Supreme Court said, no, it's not going to be on the census. Don't worry. They want to count everybody who's living here. At this point, it doesn't. they're not going to ask about your citizenship status. So don't panic. This is why if people are nervous about this, they should do it online. Then nobody's coming to your house. This is, this is perfect. You never have to answer the door for the government. Just... Just do it online. Oh, man. Uh, will the census taker come to your house? I've already told you that. They're not coming. Who's going to have access? Well, that's a big th- That's a big worry now, right? We're all worried about our privacy. We're all worried about our data. We've got uh, everybody spying on us. Well, the Census Bureau wants to assure you that everything is going to be safe. Is my 2020 census data safe? After sending your census response, your personal information is kept safe. By law, it can't be shared with any other government agency, law enforcement, or landlord. No one. So take your 2020 census with peace of mind. Shape your future. Start here. Visit 2020census.gov. Yes. Now somebody texted in that they heard they were going to count us by drone. That is not the case. You are not going to be standing outside, and uh, the black helicopters are not going to fly over your house and count you. You have to actually fill it out, or someone will come and find you. (laughs) Well, not come and find you. That sounds ominous. They're coming to find you. 
No, not going to do it. Are they going to count? Oh, whoa. So what's at stake for Illinois? This is the big thing. We could lose political muscle and federal funds that are tied to the outcome of the uh, count. Experts say that Illinois is at risk of losing one or even two congressional seats. Because, as I mentioned before, our population has declined for the sixth straight year. Nationwide, it's estimated that $1.5 trillion in federal programs are all tied to data gathered during the census. So, an earlier analysis from the Institute of Public Policy estimated that $34 billion from federal programs tied to census figures trickles down to Illinois. So, if we want that federal money, you've got to participate. And I am not a shill for the man. I don't want, you know, I don't want a lot of my personal information out there. Nobody does. But the census is painless. It's a dozen questions. Plus, then you don't have to. Now, here's the thing. This is if you, listen, if you want to be part of the machine and you're saying, hey, how can I get involved in this? Can I make a little dough? Kevin, what do you think? I'm going to put this to Kevin and Lauren. Mm-hmm. What do you think the pay is for a census taker? Ooh. What do you think? Lauren, that, you got to guess? Is it hourly or just? Yeah. It is hourly. Yes, I will give it to you. It is hourly. It's a part-time position. Mm, ten bucks an hour. Yeah, ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ashley, you want to jump in? I'm going to go a little higher. I'll say like fifteen. Mm, you are all very low. Twenty-nine what? fifty an hour. Whoa, I'd that's actually that. pretty that's good. A, yeah. So, oh, suddenly everybody perked up. Suddenly we all want to be uh, arms of the man. But they're they're t- we're looking they're looking for a lot. They're looking for an actual uh, huge number. Can I get a job? They're looking for 20,600 workers. The Bureau doesn't know yet how many of those are going to get hired because it's going to depend, of course, on how many people fill out their census online. But you can. it went up from 1750 to 2950 an hour. So that's not, that's not too bad. Seriously, considering that. That's a lot more than, uh, I, a lot more than I'm How do they know doing. how many hours you're working? Well, you You're have sitting to, in your car it's, the whole time. It's right. the, no, you have to. You, it's. I'm sure this time, like when I did it, it was all paper. So you would start. They would say, "Here's your shift. It's from blank to blank." And you'd meet the you'd meet the head census person, like at a McDonald's. That's what mm. I do. I'd go meet her at the McDonald's, and she'd give me my stack, and then I would go. And when I came back, I had to meet her at the McDonald's again and give her all my paperwork. I'm sure now it's going to be very all electronic. And so they're going to be able to know if you were sitting in your car all day or if you were actually knocking on doors. So how did it? It's the government. They're not going to let you. They're not going to just give you twenty nine fifty an hour to do nothing. Oh, wait a minute. The it is a government. Maybe it is. Yeah, that's, that's exactly a perfect what job. Um, how many? So well, what was the daily routine like then? How many did you have? How many houses did you have to hit? How long of days was it? It was. It, it was. You know, maybe five six hours. But just uh, walking around? Just walking around. Wow. You drive to, because they'd give you a little grid. Like a little, mine was, one day I remember was this big apartment complex. So it was, go here. All the addresses were in this apartment complex. And you just wander around. And I actually, and then they, they gave you at that point a little, like now they're going to give you a badge to hang with your picture and a watermark that clearly identifies you as a census taker. When I did it, it was just a little vest that said census. And oh, man, you got to walk around with a vest. It was like something out of the wire. Kids were going, oh, census man! Census man's <laughs> coming! And I was like, yeah, I'm, the, I'm not the cops. It's not 5-0. I'm not coming to, you know, it's not like coming being to the hall you. monitor, though. You're just, you're just uh, going to get made fun of. Of course you are, as, as well you should be. Now at least you get to wear a nice tag that has your picture. You look a little more... Less nerdy? Yeah, less nerdy and a little more official. Look at the nerd's vest! Yeah, I don't know. If I, listen, I, now that's hurtful. Now, now we've taken it down another level. Even 20 years later, I still, I'm still fragile by the experience. You did a, a service to your community, Brad. I did a service to this country, Kevin. No Let's be deal. honest. 
You can thank me for my service later, (laughs) uh, and I will take it. Stolen valor for the Census Bureau. All right, we've got to listen. This is all well and good that we want to be counted, but there's bigger fish to fry. Two of them are the weather and the traffic. And to fry them up, here's Lauren. There are a number of people that I would not reach out and grab just because uh, they're a little bit intimidating. The Pope is one of them. Did you see this video of the woman who tried to grab the Pope and he slapped her? Which was very unpopey, uh, if you ask me. But the Pope has come out and now he has apologized. Because on New Year's Eve, he slapped a woman who had grabbed his hand. He slapped her hand. He didn't, you know, he didn't rear back and dro- try to drop her with a right cross to the jaw. But uh, he had been greeting children on St. Peter's Square outside the, before the nativity scene. And the 83-year-old Pope was grabbed by this woman. She crossed herself and cried out after, after the Pope slapped her hand. Well, he came out. He was very upset because, again, it's the Pope. He continued the tour, but then he came out uh, in mass yesterday. The pontiff denounced, quote, all violence against women. And as a profanation of God born of a woman, he also said that women were the source of life, but deplored that they were constantly offended, beaten, abused, uh, and forced to suppress the life they carry within them. So he, I think he, he went a little far in his apology, but he's the Pope. You know, even because he's not, he can't be like us. Now, Kevin, imagine you're at the, you're at the ball at the yard covering something for WGN and people recognize you. They're all, oh man, they can't get enough. They want, they want yeah, that happens KP. all the time. Yeah. Sure. And they reach out and they grab you and you right. kind of, you kind of flinch and slap their hand. Yeah. I normally do a roundhouse kick when someone tries to do come up really? to me. Yeah. You yeah, go yeah, working on that. On them? Yep. Yep, wow. That's my go-to move. <laughs> Is it really? Mm-hmm. How's that work out? Well, it's never happened, Brian. Since, uh, <laughs> but I'm working on it. It's in I, my game plan. I tell you what, I would, I'd be willing to grab at you just to see you try to throw a roundhouse <laughs> try kick. Try to do it. Yeah, blow a hammy. Just something you oh! didn't work out like I was hoping it would. <laughs> you drop everything's just you're screaming. Your Achilles is blown out the back of your leg. Everything is uh, dangerous and done. Yeah, uh, but yeah. See, so the Pope has to over apologize. Yeah, and for the Pope, I mean, that's like every day he's dealing with. Well, I was surprised he was just walking along the line because usually he's in the Pope Mobile or something. But here he's right in St. Peter's Square. It's, it's like going out to the backyard. So he's just walking around his yard, and people are oh, they go crazy. And I understand they're they're overcome with emotion because right. you know the faithful. He's their guy. Yeah, I've also seen the viral video of the Pope where he's he's greeting. There's a long line of people, and he's shaking hands with 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 people, but they're trying to kiss his hand. Yes. Have you seen that one? And he kind of quickly pulls yeah, his he hand a, back. Yeah. He's back like, don't kiss. I don't want all these people They're actually trying him. to kiss his ring. Kiss his ring, yeah. Yeah, but he, um, right. I saw a news story about it earlier today. He apparently doesn't like it. Yeah. No, that's always been weird, because the, the Cardinals do it too. It's just, that's an always been an odd thing for me as a Catholic, that you have to kiss somebody's ring. And I remember seeing the Pope, John Paul II, when he came, I think it was uh, I'm I'm dating myself, but I think it was like 1980 where he came to Chicago and did a big mass in Grant Park, and there was a motorcade. He was driving through the South Side, and part of it was he was driving through the Marquette Park neighborhood, and my grandmother lived there. So we all went super early, parked at her house, and then went and stood out on the curb so we could see the Pope drive right by us in the Pope Mobile. It was going to be very very exciting. So we're standing there on 73rd Street, right at the corner, and the Pope is coming down. He's coming south on, I forget what, uh, what street he was coming south on, but he was going to turn, he was going to turn east on 73rd Street. And all of a sudden, it was kind of like this situation where somebody just became overcome by the Holy Spirit. And they, as the Pope Mobile approached the corner, she ran out into the street 
to like prostrate herself on the on the hood of the car. At which point, Secret Service and security grabbed her. The driver of the Pope mobile hit the gas, took the corner, and the Pope was flung side to side. It was the most uncomfortable view I've ever had of something. Because you could see, we were right there, you could see the Pope's face up close as he's getting jostled because somebody went nuts. And then all that time we stood out there, we didn't even get to catch a blessing. Which I've, you know, as a high school kid, I felt ripped off. I'm not standing out there all morning and leaving empty-handed. It's always someone that ruins the party. Somebody, you know, it's always fun till the faithful get uh, overzealous. <laughs> then they run out there and things. Are, I don't know if she was speaking in tongues. I don't know what was going on with her. But she ran out and she ruined it. She ruined it for everybody who had been standing out there for hours, literally hours, to the point we were there so early, they hadn't even come and checked the mailboxes and manhole covers yet. So we got to watch Secret Service do all of that. That's how early we were out there, camped out. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, so I don't blame the Pope for slapping somebody. You know, I, I, he's the Pope. He can. He's, do it. Yeah, he'll, you know what? He'll throw a little absolution on himself. He's good. He bathes. Uh, he'll be fine. Let's re let's recap this top sports story. This is very very exciting for Sox fans. Lewis Roberts signs a six year deal today. Fifty million dollars spread out over those six years. He's uh, projected to be your starting center fielder. White Sox fans, and that is making uh, the center field. Very, very for or the uh, outfield rather very formidable, along with the rest of the team. Yeah, and you can pretty much pencil in the entire lineup outside of second base. But left field's looking like Eloy, center Luis Robert, uh, Mazzaro in right field, third base Yamankata, Tim Anderson short, Jose Barrio at first, and then a mix of Yasmani Grandal, James McCann, second base. We'll see what they do there. Nick Madrigal's the next prospect that fans will be excited to see. Who knows if they try to give him a similar deal, but he's this, uh, their first-round pick from a year ago. He's a second baseman. He's a hitting machine. He's expected to be the second baseman of the future. So you've got a core there that looks like they can be contenders in the AL Central, which features the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. You play a good amount of games against two really bad teams. So you're really contending with the Indians, who kind of seem like they're in limbo. They might be trading away some pieces as well. And then the Twins, probably the clear-cut favorite. But it's a very winnable division for the White Sox, and they're not done yet. Very nice. It's exciting time to be a White Sox fan. Top five at five on the other side of the news, and we'll talk about some uh, new laws that are easing it up on food trucks. And we were talking about earlier how expensive it is going to be now to live in Chicago this year because things are getting added, more taxes. The city is going to add $20 million to its coffer by raising the tax on restaurant meals from 0.25% to a half a percent that will be levied on top of Chicago's ta- sales tax, which is ten and a quarter percent, one of the highest in the nation. Meals downtown and at the airports also come with an additional one percent food and beverage tax. So let me get this straight: it's going to be more expensive to go out to dinner. It's going to be more expensive to park. The parking meter costs are going up. It's going to be more expensive to take a ride share, and it's going to be uh, no more free garbage pickup. If you have a nonprofit organization, and they're going to uh, add a cloud tax to tech companies from five and a quarter percent up to seven and a quarter percent. So even if you're staying in and chilling, uh, that might get to you too. So, Chicago residents, myself included, good luck in 2020. Right, we're going to do the top five at five. That comes your way on the other side of the news, which comes your way right now on 720 WGN. It's Brian Noonan in for Rocon. Ro will be back with you on Monday afternoon. I'll be with you again tomorrow. Very excited about that. Uh, we come after the 5 o'clock news. You know what that means. There's only one thing that can happen at that time of day. It's the top five on the Rocon Show. Five. Let's go. Three, two, one. No.
now, it's the top five at five on the Rokon Show with Anna Tavlantis. Sponsored by the Hip and Knee Center, where they help you feel new again. Ready? Yes. Yes. Get on with it. All right, remind me, tomorrow we, <laughs> tomorrow we need to uh, play a different open or get a different open. That obviously has not been fixed since, since the changes have happened. Because that happened right before everybody went on vacation, I guess. So, uh, we're going to have the Canarbo wagon tomorrow, even with Rowout. Uh, we are working on it. There will, be, uh, there will be some sort of Canarbo wagon. I will tell you, though, Kevin, uh, it may be uh, mocktails tomorrow. Because it's January, and a number of people oh, dry are... Dry January. Uh, well, a lot of people are doing dry January, so we want to represent, too. But I have a feeling Jeff is going to gonna mix it up. There's always something. There, yeah, don't worry. Right. If, you, if you need, I'll bring a flask. We can so make can... mock mocktails, Kev. Right, we'll <laughs> yeah, mock the mocktails. Yeah, you mock the mocktails. Yeah, just bring it a little... <laughs> Ice-cold beer. There's always something in this building for you to add to a mocktail to mm-hmm. make it a real mm-hmm. cocktail. I don't think you two will be, uh, you, you be represented. Don't worry about it. It's, it's going to be fine. Let's get things started, shall we? Sure, why not? Uh, with number five. Number five. Nearly 3.2 million in legal weed was sold in Illinois on the first day of sales. As the long lines continue, the state said more than 77,000 customers brought uh, products at dispensaries. And the lines are expected to persist well into the weekend. Most marijuana stores have implemented buying limits due to a statewide shortage of flour or the dried buds that can be smoked. Yeah, people continue to line up for this dispensary, which is located at Clark and Argyle. This is just a line to add their name to the wait list. Uh, Right now, it extends down about a block from where the dispensary is. But when we first got here, it went all the way down to Lawrence. People described uh, this line as waiting in line for a restaurant for a wait to be seated except this line was hundreds of people long. Some people we spoke with said they got in line at 5.15 this morning and then finally were able to make a purchase four hours later. City officials just held a news conference outside of Dispensary 33 here applauding this historic day, the day when Illinois becomes the first state to legalize recreational marijuana sales through legislation, not through ballot initiatives. The mayor's office said they're taking advantage of this new industry to create programs for the city. More product shipments will continue to come into the shops, but the pickings might remain slim at some dispensaries. 37 dispensaries are selling recreational weed in Illinois, including nine in Chicago. Uh, I don't think that comparison to a restaurant is apt. Is there any place you would stand in line for six hours to eat? Negative. I don't care how good you tell me it is. No. I know there's a barbecue place somewhere in Texas that people line up uh, for hours. But that's there's no place. An hour is about as long as I will wait. And, and, better, even then, and there better be an open spot at the bar while you wait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need to be able to I need to be able to uh, wet my whistle while I'm standing there. Yeah, there's 6 hours. Oh yes, it's just like a restaurant. Stand in line for 6 hours. I don't know what they're serving in a restaurant you'd wait 6 the hours for. The fountain of youth is hiding inside. It would you know what? It would have to be something yeah, that big. <laughs> exactly. Or you know what? Everybody who gets a seat gets a million dollars. Oh, all right. Oh, well then I'll yeah. wait. And a hamburger. Okay. And hamper. Well, sure, you didn't, you know, I'm not going to, I've waited six hours. Now I'm really hungry. The million is terrific, but I'm still hungry. Well, speaking of burgers and waiting for food, (laughs) Al Cheval in the West Loop, which is to me the best burger in the city by a landslide. Okay. People will go there, check in, and then hit some bars in the West Loop. And like for uh, like a couple hours will go by. And then they get the buzz and then they go back for dinner. I've, I haven't been there for that reason. Because everybody said, oh, it's the best burger. The it's best. the best burger. If you go, go, I understand. go like right when it opens at 1130, okay. like an early lunch. That's that's my 
That's what I've done. The See, that's the done. that's the. Uh, the and you rep- might get lucky on a random weekday or something. That's the rep that Kuma's Corner used to have. The original one used to have too, where you people would be waiting two and three hours to get in there because the burger was so good and it fine burgers. But I don't know if there's a burger that's worth that long a wait anywhere. But I'll take your word for it. You're the burger connoisseur, Kevin. I'll, you know, I'll delicious. Take I'm, listen, I'm not get the bacon you. on it. All right, <laughs> fantastic. Number four. Number four. Uh, Trump's plan, President Trump's plan to curb team vaping exempts some flavors. The U.S. health officials will ban most flavored e-cigarettes popular with underage teenagers, but with major exceptions that benefit vaping manufacturers, retailers, and adults who use the nicotine-emitting devices. The Trump administration announced today it will prohibit fruit, candy, mint, and dessert flavors from small cartridge-based e-cigarettes that are popular with high school students. But menthol and tobacco-flavored e-cigarettes will be allowed to remain on the market. We have a problem in our country. It's a new problem. It's a problem that nobody really thought about too much uh, a few years ago, and it's called vaping especially vaping as it pertains to innocent children. And they're coming home and they're saying, Mom, I want to vape. And the parents don't know too much about it. And nobody knows too much about it. But they do know it's causing a lot of problems. And we're going to have to do something about it. One of the words and one of the reasons we're meeting today is to let you know that it's out there. And we want to have Parents understand that we're studying it very carefully. It's, again, very new and potentially very bad. There have been deaths and there have been a lot of other problems. People think it's an easy solution to cigarettes, but it's turned out that it has its own difficulties. Yes, there, there are a lot of difficulties. And I, I'll be honest, not to, uh, not to disagree too much with the president, but I don't know how many kids are coming home and saying, Mom, I want to vape. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're really sharing that information. Yeah, that's not something you'd be like, Mom, before I go to junior prom, I'm getting myself a bottle of Maker's Mark. You know, that that doesn't really happen. So I'll, I'll take issue with the president on that one point alone. I don't understand. I mean, I understand what vaping is. I understand all that. But the fact that despite these deaths and the fact that nobody really knows what's going in this thing, people can't wait to do it. You know, and then, of course, it's, you know, you put the fun flavors on there. I don't know if the fun flavors are the cause of the problem. I don't think it is. Uh, but it's the same as when, you know, Joe Camel was taken off the packages because Joe Camel was enticing children to smoke. Well, the yeah. interesting thing is they said the most popular flavor is the mint, and they didn't even take that away. Well, no, because that's you know, that's where they're making their money. And <laughs> the president yesterday said, you know, you have to watch out for the industry, too. Which, okay, I guess, but it's either, it's all or not. Is it dangerous? Is it dangerous enough to ban for just these flavors? Or don't you just think that uh, the kids are going to, well, menthol is kind of like mint, so I'll just vape the menthol instead. Or they'll start buying some of these knockoffs, these ones uh, that they were having a lot of the problems with, where people are just making it in their own home. It's, uh, I agree, it's a big problem, and it's very dangerous, but... It's just this doesn't seem like this doesn't seem like the fix. This seems like okay, we'll we'll do a little. We won't do it all. Won't go all the way. We'll just just a little bit, and then people will get off our backs. Number three. 
Surviving R. Kelly sequel expands its lens into the case with The Reckoning. Surviving R. Kelly caused a major stir when it premiered on Lifetime a year ago, leading to the singer's arrest on sexual assault charges. Uh, Surviving R. Kelly Part 2, The Reckoning, a sequel. Electric Boogaloo advances the ball as a a protracted update, but in a fashion that by seeking to represent every storyline of the case, at times feels disorganized in wrestling with all the angles. The Reckoning does an admirable job of digging into the environment that allowed Kelly to operate in the way that he allegedly did. When you trace what R. Kelly has been accused of doing for years, you not only see a series of abuses, you also see a series of cover-ups. He has used his celebrity status to victimize countless young women. R. Kelly's former manager was arrested for allegedly threatening to kill him. His manager threatened to kill my whole entire family. Somebody called in a gun drag. My daughter calling me from school. She's hysterical. A couple people get scared, a couple more people might get scared. People started DMing me and say, count your days. And that's when I knew, like, something powerful is in this documentary and someone's trying to make sure it's not ever seen. Wow. Just by the music alone, this is like a horror movie. I expect somebody with an axe and a mask to come out, come jumping out of that. Do we really need more information on R. Kelly? I think it's pretty clear he's guilty. <laughs> I, I would not argue that point at all, Lauren. He's he's obviously a scumbag, so uh, why do we need to keep, well, ratings? That's why. They got huge ratings on the first one. We're go- we have some more footage. We're going to uh we're going to put some more some more out now. All right. We'll we'll finish the top 5 at 5 in just a moment. But first, we must check weather and traffic, Lauren. All right. Let us continue the top 5 at 5, shall we? We go to number 2. Number two, photo of Detroit firefighters posing in front of a burning house will be investigating, according to the commissioner. The Detroit Fire Commissioner, Eric Jones, said there will be an investigation into a photo of fire crews posing in front of a burning house. I don't know if you've seen this photo. Look, It's everywhere on the Internet. The photo was originally posted on the Detroit Fire Incidents page on New Year's Eve and was captioned, quote, Crews take a moment to get a selfie on New Year's, end quote. But there's no indication of when the photo was actually taken. The Detroit Fire Department did confirm, though, that the house seen in the, on fire in the photo was vacant at the time, as was the building next to it, according to the outlet. If the photo is verified, disciplinary action will follow. Jones said in a statement, the Detroit Fire Incidents page on Facebook posted that it removed the photo after receiving messages from firefighters worried about their jobs. Yeah, they should be worried about their jobs. That's not, I don't care how much fun you want to have. That's not a good move, you know, and it's it's similar, not not in all ways, but it's similar to that story that came out of West Virginia earlier in the week of all these cadets who were graduating from the police academy who were giving the the Nazi high sign. And then at a hail, somebody's uh, the name of one of the instructors had that above their name and they were all everybody. A lot of people seemed surprised that they were all fired. It's like, yeah, of course you were all fired because that is overtly racist and it's not something that you want to be representing if you are new cadets to the police department or if you are people who are responsible for training those cadets. So they are done, and I have a feeling if once they confirm this, there will be some firings on the Detroit Police Department or Detroit Fire Department as well. So it's a crazy picture. I, if you looked at it, if it was just people standing in front of it, you'd go, "Oh, that that picture's kind of wild," because you've got this giant house that's on fire. But when you realize that it's firefighters who probably has something better to do 
than standing around like that, eh, that's troublesome. Number one. Number one, a New Year's Eve kind of story. What did you uh, What you do on New Year's Eve, Kevin? Anything exciting? I did. I was at a wedding, actually. Well, that's very nice. Mm-hmm. It was fun. So you were out doing that? You weren't watching any of the broadcasts on television? I didn't see any of that. That's, no. that's probably good. Lauren, what were you? Uh, did you have any fun New Year's Eve experiences? No, I did absolutely nothing, and it was amazing. Nice. Did you watch any of the TV broadcasts? No, I stayed away from that, too. I watched movies. <laughs> I love it. That, that, that's See, you two have it. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Well, Alanis Morissette was not as lucky. And her fans are definitely not happy. She appeared on ABC's broadcast of Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest, one of the most cumbersome titles for a television broadcast in the history of the medium. But they got everybody's name in there, so that's good. So she was on there Tuesday night. She was performing her 1990s hit, You Oughta Know. They also had uh, salt and Pepper on there. So it really was a throwback. I didn't know I didn't know what year I was celebrating. I was very confused as I walked by. I was, salt and Pepper. I actually stopped. And I looked at the TV and I what? Anyway, so Alanis Morissette is on there. She's doing You Ought to Know. She had Lauren Patton and the cast of the Broadway show Jagged Little Pill. But in addition to bleeping the F-bomb in the song, Network Censors apparently had a problem with other lyrics as well. Here is what uh, was broadcast on ABC. I wish nothing but the best for you both I'm no diversion to like me which she I feel our my Is that wow it's almost like she was a gangster rapper she dropping they they really bleeped everything now I don't know what time she was on I'm guessing she was on kind of early in the broadcast because the things they the things they bleeped out, everybody who knows that song knows, and they didn't seem that harsh to me. Now an F bomb, of course, they're going to try to uh, they're going to try to do, but you know, behavior in a theater. I don't know why that is being bleeped out. I don't know what kind of uh, you know behavior the standards and practices people at ABC put up with, but that's it. But. ABC missed a much bigger word to bleep out when cast member Lauren Patton started to sing. Uh, well, well, we got to bleep it out too, unfortunately. Oh my! You can't say that on TV. What did she can, say? I, I don't. <laughs> let's play it again. Can we play it again? Kevin wants to know what she said. Ashley, can, we'll cue it up again, Kevin, and you can you can listen and see what she said. Called you, I think. Called you or texted? Called you. Yeah, were you thinking of me when he texted you? That I think is it. Or when he, uh, yeah, it, it had to be something like that. But maybe they just didn't want to promote technology use on New Year's rocking Dick Clark's Eve with Ryan Seacrest and friends. I don't know. So that was hmm, very sad. So a lot of, uh, if Jimmy Kimmel were here, it would be this week in unnecessary censorship. They Now, some you have to, some you have to bleep. We understand that. And live broadcasts are a little bit tricky. I didn't see, listen, I didn't see Dean getting bleeped. On the, uh, I watched some of the Channel 9 show the other night. He didn't get bleeped. I can't believe people actually get upset about it, though. In this, oh, in like, this day and age? 
Oh, about if somebody get, let an F-bomb go through? No, like people getting upset that their stuff was getting bleeped out. I don't... I, her fans must be lunatics. I guess so. Because they're, they're sending in letters. Are, well, you know the online community, Kevin. You're a denizen of Twitter and everything else. You know how yeah. crazy people get it. The, the smallest perceived slight. Right. Maybe one of your hot takes draws the ire of the, uh, the hive mind and they come after you. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I don't... So people, yeah. I... I would never get that upset. I thought it was funny that they bleeped that stuff out in 2020 that were that delicate that they have to bleep out what they did bleep out, not the F-bomb, but the other stuff. Uh, and if you don't know what they bleeped out, just go play Jagged Little Pill and then and you'll figure it out. But uh, yeah. So that was that was that. And this... The Top 5 at 5! Is that... All right, on the other side of the news, we are going to get into this. Uh, there's been some changes in the rules for food trucks. And it's good because the old rules were set up to protect a business that I don't think needed to be protected. But we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we've got a lot to get to before we get out of here. So let's uh, do this really quickly on WGN. I'm seeing a lot of posts from people who are saying they've taken their tree down already. You guys have your Christmas decorations down? No. No, me either. I'm not. Uh, I'm debating. I looked. I did look at the weather forecast, and I was like, Oh, maybe Sunday or Monday, it's going to be in the 40s. That'll be a good day to take the outdoor stuff down. But I'm in no rush to take the tree and stuff down. Nah, I love having the tree up at night. Turn I do, Turn the lights too. off, turn the light on, watch a little TV. I haven't used any lights other than the Christmas tree since it went up. <laughs> There's, it, I, I walk around the house. Energy saving. Yeah, well, sure. Do you I do list. multiple trees or are you a one tree guy? I have two full-size trees. Two full-size trees. Uh, plus uh, a small tree, two small, two like little table topper trees. Gotcha. So I'm a lunatic. And we, we the, because the point, we moved into a new house in the summer and we were going to downsize. So we got rid of a couple big trees that we had, like really big trees. And we were like, all right, well, we'll just have the one tree in the family room. That'll be nice, you know? And so we put that up and then we had this other tree. And I thought, well, you know, we have some other ornaments that would go with this tree. So yeah, then we went up to the landing upstairs. So we have another full size tree up there. It's, it's a lot. There's not a, there's nowhere in the house that you can look and not be bombarded with Christmas decorations, which makes which makes the house feel festive to me. But then in another week, when it all comes down, I'm like, man, I live in a dump. Well, when nothing you, here. When you take the tree down, you're like, where did all this space come from? Yeah, yeah. Did the family room grow while this the tree was here? Huge. I, I don't know. Look at all this space we have. And then, you know, there's things. All of a sudden, counter space is cleared off, okay. and there's not a million Santas on every table. And you're like, oh man, I'm living in a palace. Even though it does look like a dump, because now it's just regular stuff, you know, a dump with a lot of room, mm. just L- a, less glitzy. Yeah, much less glitzy, which makes me sad. I like to live like Liberace, like all kinds of glitter and uh, sparkles in the house. All right, so we'll talk a little bit about food trucks on the other side, and then after six o'clock, uh, I know sometimes people get a bad, young people get a bad rap because they say they're too soft. This story will prove that at least some people are really too soft, and other people have more money than sense. We'll get to that on the other side, but the news is next on WGN. Brian Noonan in for Rokan, getting a lot of uh, lot of response to the Alanis Morissette being bleeped in the top five of five. They had her on on uh, ABC on New Year's Eve, and they bleeped out a lot of uh, the song. The uh, the words are about a theater and our does will yes we know what the words are from the seven oh eight why have Alanis from the eight four seven why have Alanis sing that song in the first place if they didn't know the lyrics then shame on them yes th- those she didn't make those lyrics up 
the night of the thing. Somebody did point out a, uh, they didn't call it hypocrisy, but they, they said you're up, uh, you're upset about them bleeping a song, or you're going on a, you go on a rant about bleeping a song by bleeping a song. Well, yes, there's certain things I cannot. We were telling you what the ABC audience has heard, so that's what came off. And then there are certain things we cannot play here. And what the person who was accompanying Alanis Morissette said is something we cannot say on the air. Because, oh, I don't know, a little thing called the FCC. So, yes, I did bleep it. I, I understand the, the irony. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? A little ironic, to quote Alanis Morissette. The tree is coming down right now. Somebody else had somebody commenting on that. Now, I mentioned I have two trees, and I thought it was crazy. Somebody saying they have 14 Hanukkah menorahs. That seems like a lot. Unless you, I, I don't know how big your place is or how big the menorahs are. So I mean, if you have if you have three big menorahs and eleven little tiny menorahs, okay, that seems like a lot. Uh, Brian, five trees at my house. I don't need to have any lights on either. I will take them down in the next few days. Uh, let's see. Oh, I I have my wife type my shopping list, and then I will rearrange the list by the order in the store. I don't know what that goes for. So <laughs> I like. I think sometimes we get texts that uh, are not meant for us, which is fine. That's always that's always good. Yeah, I think it's really funny. Sometimes people call in and think we're a different radio station, and they're talking about a sporting event, and I'm like, we're talking about, I don't know, X, Y, Z, and they're like, no, 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 you're talking about this. I'm mm. like, mm, close. Right. Yeah, good, good try. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for playing along. Uh, I am uh, I I have sometimes I will uh, I've gotten involved in text conversations with texts that are not uh, meant for the station. <laughs> I've seen people send in some risky photos as well. Have you really? Mm-hmm. I have. I haven't gotten the risky photos. Wow. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You take their number, <laughs> call them back after your shift. I don't know if I want the number of someone texting in those sorts of photos to a radio station. I, do you think they're texting them to the radio station though? Do you think I don't they know, know. I think or do were, you think they just? I think we were doing a bit like like five. I don't know, a long time ago, but we started getting a whole bunch coming in. Oh, that's not good. not a whole bunch, like a, a handful. That's when HR gets called. Right. I'm like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I wasn't looking. I wasn't, wasn't looking. It's a text line. I had to have it open for work. No, really? <laughs> that's why you say, you know, that's why whatever you're, I'm doing, you know, out there prepping the show and looking at stories, I have to make sure everything I click is not going to be, right. you know. And everything's traceable now. Right. You don't want to click on the wrong thing because you figure no. that would be like your digital portfolio the rest of your life. Right. You could be reading a regular article and then there's a link that you think is related to that article embedded in the article and suddenly, yeah. uh-oh. You ever shop for somebody else, get them a gift, and then you start getting ads for stuff that like you, Always. like Victoria's Secret ads start popping up on your browser? <laughs> I Trying to show somebody something? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. Those ads start coming, yeah. which, which makes me terrified of the internet and everything else. But we know that happens. It's always, oh, Kevin, you're looking for uh, some undies for yourself? That's very nice. It's, Kevin, go- what are you buying? How's that going with that camisole? Everything looking good? I didn't know you wore thigh highs. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like to mix it up a little very bit. Very good. I, now, see, we are we are now in uh, danger of getting making Lauren very uncomfortable. And I, I hope that's oh, not no. the case. Oh, no. I am so used to this. I understand. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some people some people can get away with it. Some people cannot. I don't want to. And I don't ever want to make somebody else. Yeah, but I work with Kevin and Roe every, every day. That's so, true. You know. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen Kevin's uh, Victoria's Secret shopping list. So I don't know uh, what else I can do about After that. After going on a vacation, quote, vacation with Kevin, I know so much more about him 
I will say I I, <laughs> I know so much seeing, more about you, yes, Lauren. I, know. <laughs> I enjoyed, that part. enjoyed seeing the pictures of you guys on that uh, socks on that the beach outing. It's a great yeah. time. <laughs> Anything you want to share since you've both learned so much about each other? Maybe a behind-the-scenes, one unknown fact that the listeners might not know about uh, your co-workers? That I proved to Kevin that I'm the best wing woman ever. Wow. That is accurate. All right. That's a good... Because <laughs> you kept saying that. I'm a good wing woman. I'm like, yeah, everybody yeah, says Yeah, he that. didn't believe me. And, yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> we, won't go, uh, we won't delve into how that was proven, but that's, that's a good skill to have. A lot of people underestimate yeah. the wingman or wingwoman, and you definitely, it definitely comes into play. It now, definitely does. Was it, uh, was it that uh, Lauren, what's, what's, your, what's your strategy for being a good wingwoman? Do you talk up the person you're with? <laughs> Do you try to ingratiate yourself to the person that they've targeted? And, and targeted might be a harsh term, but that they, uh, they have expressed interest in. How do you, how do you become a good wingwoman? Well, number one is making sure that it's very obvious that you're not with that person. Because that's usually the first step. People won't talk to somebody of the opposite sex if they're uh, with, you know, someone of the opposite sure. sex, assuming that they might be dating or something. So right. establish he's single. Yes. Establish okay. that. And then as the conversation starts, immediately get into how we're connected. So co-workers, that uh, immediately takes any worry away from. Okay, sure. <laughs> that they're not trying to be pulled into some sort of freaky scene. Right. And All then right. add to the conversation without taking away time from the conversation from Kevin by, you know, oh. if talking about what we do and, you know, complimenting him on what he's really, really He's a really at. great sports broadcaster. <laughs> the best sports broadcaster I've ever heard. And wow. knowing when to walk away and leave it to them. All right. Now that's, she's, she's got a whole strategy, and she it works. Does. Yeah. I, you've thought this out, and obviously this was not your first time doing this. No, 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 no. It's very impressive. What is the telltale sign of the, when is it time to walk away? What was, and without getting too specific, what was the clue? Did Kevin turn to you and go, it's time to walk away? Oh, no, no. He didn't have to tell me. It's body language. So if they are showing that they're comfortable talking to him, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm golden. All Especially right. also just verbally. It, does it sound like the conversation is going to keep going? Which it did. Okay. So I walked away. Wow. Now, did you buy Lauren some sort of uh, thank you gift for this uh, assistance? Well, since she's such a great wing woman, we should go out more often, Lauren. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like, Kevin, you you need to put Lauren on retainer. <laughs> Bounce around the town. I've never heard anybody put that much thought into it. That yeah, is, she's got a whole game plan. I mean, it was phenomenal. It's you a should, gift. What you, can I say? You should run classes or something. <laughs> Get your side hustle going. How to become the best wing person you can by mm-hmm. Lauren Lepke. That mm-hmm. would be yeah. terrific. That would be really awesome. good. I never, I, I mean, I She's had. got the clutch gene when it comes to being a wing woman. I just, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see this, I'm glad you weren't. this all break down. I wouldn't have shared it. I know, I, you know, I can be discreet when I have to be. Very nice. So did this happen at the resort? Was it a beachside bar? Were you in uh, some seedy dive somewhere on a back street in Mexico? No, it was in the, the beautiful Ibero Star Resort. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I don't know how much man, details oh, we man. should give here. No, don't give any more. <laughs> it was fantastic. That's that's nice. You had a nice conversation with somebody. Yes. Yeah, that's always nice. good. Mm-hmm. And you weren't uh, you weren't encumbered by a third wheel. All right, let me ask you this then, Lauren. As once the once the wing person has done their job, then do you just have to go sit by yourself somewhere? <laughs> yeah, or find somebody else to talk to or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. We had made some friends. Oh, I would imagine. You're both very gregarious human beings. So I, I don't doubt that you made friends. Kevin sounds like he made better friends, but uh, <laughs> you know that's that's neither here nor there. Still hasn't called back. Aww. Wow! Oh no, really? It's okay. No, <laughs> listen, that's sad. Well, listen, the tropics. Yeah, you're in a, a tropical you know, locale. Yeah, you're yeah, out. You're out having fun. Move on. 
It's a vacation. One fun night, move on. That's it. Boy, (laughs) before I say something that's really insensitive, I'm going to say, hey, look at the time. Let's check weather and traffic with Lauren. So the mayor is uh, trying to, she's got an ordinance out that's going to loosen the reins on food trucks because the existing requirements were designed to serve the interest of restaurants. They were not allowing food trucks to park in legal spaces. Well, they will now, but they couldn't. They had a rule that they must stay 200 feet away from any brick or mortar restaurant. So most of the loop was off limits because anywhere there was a parking, it was within 200 feet of some sort of brick and mortar restaurant. Well, now it's going to be, if this ordinance passes, they'll be able to park in any legal space. Because, you know, if if you're a, a foodie, there's a lot of great places to eat. There's also a lot of great food trucks And if you go to other cities, you see that the food truck culture there is booming, while Chicago actually comes in 13th, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. 13th in in receptiveness to food trucks, which doesn't make any sense. Because if you work downtown or anywhere where the food trucks are, and you, you you don't always have time to go in and sit and eat and do a whole thing. Restaurants are restaurants are a whole different animal than a food truck. Food truck, you're running up, you're grabbing something to eat, and you take off. And they offer all kinds of eclectic foods. It's fantastic. So there's room here for both kinds of business. The nice thing about this new ordinance is that the Illinois Restaurant Association is backing it up, too. Saying, hey, listen, uh, by expanding operating hours for food trucks, Chicago is encouraging innovation while balancing the interests of both food trucks and restaurants. Uh, It's going to give the people who work and live in the city more options, which is always good. It's going to encourage entrepreneurship, which is good. It's going to get, uh, you know, maybe a lobster roll on your block. There's, I, I've always enjoyed going to food trucks. Hey, do you have you been to one that you want to recommend? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Kevin, are you a food truck guy? You're, you're. I, are you still a foodie? Because I know. Yeah, you I know, eat everything. It's changed. You, well, yeah. I like to try everything. Um, Harold's Chicken pulls up right by our work here. You oh, know, do the, they the really? Food trucks and Her- everybody knows Harold's is off the oh, charts. Oh, Harold's is so. fantastic. Um, I don't, I don't know. See, I'm not a huge food truck guy. I mean, if it's there, it's nice here in the summer. Yeah, because we have kind of a little sitting area not far from work, so you can go grab food and then post up. Well, that's the thing. I, I like being able to just grab something and and something that's different. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not always the same kind of thing. It's not. Oh, let's go into this whatever fast casual or fast food place and just uh, sit i also love that the food trucks show up at pretty much every brewery and all kinds of street festivals they're they're everywhere so the more that they're allowed to be in the city that just means they're going to be all over the place lauren you were shaking your head do you have one that you uh, that you enjoy not uh, necessarily here but i was just agreeing with you that the only time i really care and really want to see them is at a big festival yeah because if you're walking around you want the options you're not going to sit down at a restaurant like anywhere else but you also don't want like carnival food right i don't <laughs> always want a funnel cake right <laughs> sometimes i want something with a little more you know yeah a little more gravitas at uh, Sloan Park Cubs Spring Training Home, they yes. actually have back out in right field, they have basically just a whole space dedicated to food trucks. There's like four or five oh, really? of them there for every game, and then that allows them to rotate if there's other restaurants. So it's pretty cool. You can go there and you get some really good food, and it's it's rotating throughout the spring. Well, that's it. And there, there's always they something more and more unique. stuff like that, you know, yeah. food trucks showing up at events. I like that. I, because... Lauren made a good point. You don't always want the same. I, you know how many? There's nothing wrong with getting a hot dog when you're when you're somewhere. But if you have the option of a hot dog or maybe some braised pork belly or a nice taco or some sort of you know, pizza out of a food truck, I'm down with that. But thankfully for the food trucks, they don't have to put the nutrition 
information on the labels. Do you see this? The FDA now wants all nutrition. Two columns. So one is per serving and one is for the whole container. Because how many times have you looked at the... I get caught by this all the time. I'll, you know, get a pint of Ben and Jerry's, just the frozen yogurt, because I'm not a crazy person. But I look and I go, oh, it's only got this many calories? I don't want to do the math and realize that there's four servings in there. Because, let's be honest, who sits down and eats a quarter of a pint of ice cream? Anybody? No, of course not. Um, Who eats eight chips out of a bag? Nobody. I do. Do you really? (laughs) Yes. I'll get lost in a bag of chips for sure. I'm not talking like a. I'm talking about like the single serving, the well, the small bag, not a big family bag. You'll only eat a couple chips and then put the bag away. Not well. No, I'm, no. Not, I'm not judging you. I, okay, well, I thought you were thinking of the big bags. <laughs> oh, like a big family <laughs> yes. size bag, which is really only half a bag, anyways. Let's sure, be honest. Yes, it's all air. No, no, no. I, I, I probably at some point could eat an entire bag of chips, but in those, in those, I don't. In those, I kind of those I portion out. It's like two portions, right, for a family-sized bag? So you get two servings? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, but it is. So this, they're, they're putting this on. Manufacturers uh, that yield less than 10, min, 10 million, so small companies don't have to uh, do it until 2021. But the new guidelines are going to require two side-by-side columns, one with nutritional information for a single serving, the second for information for eating the entire package. In in one of the greatest understatements in history, we know Americans are eating differently, and the amount of calories and nutrients on the label is required to reflect what people actually eat and drink. Yeah, so they're finally figuring out that it doesn't matter how many servings you say should be in a, in a certain container. In reality, there's probably only one. So with foods that can reasonably be consumed in one sitting, like a pint of ice cream, the serving size is not what you think it is. That's the biggest thing when you start to really pay attention to what you're eating, like whether you're trying to lose weight or whatever, and you realize what a serving size is. Because I used to think, you know, a full steak, right, Kevin? That's a serving size. It's an appetizer sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Well, not if you're, if you're really following, you know, like maybe a quarter of that steak mm-hmm. is supposed to be a serving size. And again, I look at that and go, well, I eat like a quarter of this steak? Paid $45 for the steak. <laughs> All right. What about you? Go toss the rest home out, take it home to the dog? No. I'm eating the whole thing. So thankfully, that won't be uh, that won't be coming with... When you go out, I know some restaurants now have... They put all the information on the menu. I try not to pay attention to that. Because I figure if I'm out, that's a time to... If I decide not to really watch what I'm eating, that's a time I'm going to do it. I don't need to be reminded. Well, that's exactly how I feel. Because it's like if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I'm getting whatever I want. I'm not thinking about it. If I'm going to eat healthy, I'll like pick up some, like a salad or something and eat at home. Right. It's like during the holidays when I hear people, here are tips to cut calories while you eat your holiday meal. I'm like, who cares? It's Thanksgiving. Let's max out. It's right. Christmas. Give me all the prime rib. Here's how much exercise you'll have to do to work off those two cookies like, you I don't have. care. For like three weeks, I'm eating everything inside. I don't even think twice about it. Right. And now it's time Now it's time to pull, pull in the reins and get back to work. No, that starts Monday because it's still kind of a short week. I'm, I'm figuring the six is when I really get back at it. All right. You I always want to start on a Monday. Right. <laughs> Fresh start. Exactly. Good point, Lauren. So you guys are, you guys are bad influences because that's... <laughs> That it's basically the weekend. I know, know but I st- calories don't count on the weekend. I started so. yesterday because if I if I thought to myself, well, because if I thought, I'll, oh well, I'll start on Monday, then I have like five more days to do damage. It's weaning time. You got to wean yourself off. <laughs> yes, the exactly. Did you just point. call me a weenie? That doesn't. I I'm not going to sit here and take that. Uh, <laughs> that was a that was a big internal debate with me. Does this does Thursday and Friday 
and Saturday and Sunday. These four days that are still still you know, holiday ish. All my holiday stuff is still up. So if you walk into the house, it's still a holiday. Yeah, Christmas is going to be up till June. That's it's still a, still a holiday. I'm good to go. Oh, bring me more cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had to, yesterday. I we my wife and daughter had made all kinds of cookies and treats. Oh man, yeah. Everywhere so, I go, work. I go to a friend's house. Here's cookies. Here's cookies. Oh, it's delicious. And I always eat them. I had her pack them all up. She took them all to work yesterday. Smart. Took them out. I said, get them out of the house. She did. And then, so now, now I got up this morning and I was like, oh, there's nothing in the house. Uh, that's probably good. So I made it through yesterday. Pop-Tarts, according to the 708, used to be one tart, one serving, even though they came two per bag. See, that's just wrong. That's a, if you're putting two in, a, in an envelope, that's a serving. I never would eat just one Pop-Tart. And I used to love me some Pop-Tarts. Favorite flavor? Frosted strawberry is the only Pop-Tart. Mm-hmm. So that is the only Pop-Tart. Don't, I, co- I don't come at me with chocolate or s'mores oh, or blueberry. brown sugar cinnamon. Mm. I'd like the strawberry without the frosting. What? Ew. What's the point? I even like pulled off the corners where there wasn't frosting. <laughs> yeah. I would get mad if there were the ones that had the, where the frosting didn't seem to go. I was really lazy. In I was the right just like direction. right in the yeah. middle. It's like, oh, what happened here? What a jip. I, Cinnamon one was pretty good, too. Oh, right. so I was getting information. Uh, you, cinnamon, eh, I get hey, Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to cast aspersions. Guy likes a cinnamon Pop-Tart, good for you. I'm with you, Kev. You're mistaken, but, uh, you know, I still admire you. It's Brian Noonan in for Rocon. Ro will be back with you on Monday afternoon. You and I will spend tomorrow together as well. Very exciting for that. People, I love whenever you bring up some offhand uh, little comment. People will chime in. I... Stated with no hesitation that the best Pop Tart is a frosted strawberry Pop Tart. Lauren agreed, but then sided with Kevin too that the cinnamon frosted ones are good. I'm getting texts from different people saying they like different types of uh, Pop Tart. The cherry Pop Tart frosted, supposedly somebody. Cherry and the strawberry, when you get into a Pop Tart situation, not really that much different. I like Let's the blueberry one too. I, it's all just <laughs> jelly. Yeah. But that's see once it once it gets to that point, like you said, it is just jelly. It's just different colored jelly. But I have to have the frosting on them. Yeah, I, I can do without the frosting. Is that right? I don't like overly sweet anything. Is that? But does it make it over that much sweeter? No, and I like it. It's not that I don't, but I do. I think I prefer the frostless. I have such a taste for a pop tart now, and I haven't had a pop tart in a couple. I know. Of years. I was just. I might <laughs> pick some pop tarts up is tonight. Is there anybody on my way that we could send out? Do we one? I do. I know we do have a toaster here. If, is there anybody that could scurry it out I mean, against CVS right around the corner? If anybody's listening here at the station, <laughs> right? Make, make any, a move for you know, us. Somebody on the way out. Maybe they are going out to get some dinner, and uh, you don't have a show till seven. I don't know. Looking at you, Justin and Pete. Uh, maybe bring. That's right. Maybe they bring us some pop tarts. That would be delicious. In all fairness, I'm all about the toaster strudel. I think it is so much better than pop. I have never had a toaster strudel. It felt like such a production. You had to put the frosting on yourself. Got yeah. messy. It never looked good. Well, that's after what you kids put the frost- loved about them, though. You could frost them yourself. Yeah, and you like steal an extra packet of frosting to make it like double frosted out of one. Right, but then the person who gets the end of the box. Gets- that's what siblings are for. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's a competition. So uh, the toaster strudel is just a, a more flaky kind of crust. Is that correct? It's fancier. Yeah, you actually put it in a toaster <laughs> it's oven. Fancier. <laughs> put it in a toaster <laughs> oven. It's got like that croissant kind of yeah. breading feeling. Oh, you couldn't just toast it in a regular toaster. No. See, that was a oh. thing. My family, we never had a toaster oven. Uh, Not a toaster either. oven family. No, we didn't have a toaster oven. Now Did you I have fe- just a regular old toaster? Yeah, sure. 
Wow, Kim said that with a lot of judgment in her voice. Didn't <laughs> no, you? I'm not judging, a but you know, a lot toaster? of times on a toaster, regular old toaster compared to a toaster oven, you have to like double toast the pop tarts and and the toaster strudels to get them really good and toasty. Oh, toaster you ovens gonna take forever though, doesn't it? A toaster oven? Yeah. Well, no, they're quicker than a regular you program. Oven. It. Programmable toaster, boy, you're you're much higher end than me. I, the only toaster ovens I've ever seen are just the ones with the black dial that you crank up. Well, and you just you, crank it up to you know eleven, right? Because yeah, I like things very toasty. There's knobs that will say, "Do you want to actually do conventional bake, or are you toasting something?" Really? Yeah. yeah I've never been a toaster. Should I go to run CVS and get us pop tarts <laughs> and buy yourself a toaster yeah, oven? Yeah, but while now, you're we, there. now we know we got to get a toaster oven too. I feel like somehow my childhood is lessened by this conversation. Yeah, we didn't have a yeah, toaster Yeah, you got to try it. All right. I thought, but on the commercial, I'm thinking back to the toaster strudel commercials. I would see the kids squirting the frosting. I always thought they just popped <laughs> out of a toaster. Man, I, oh, man. I've never heard of or anyone you open the door of a toaster, toaster oven and it slides out. Toaster <laughs> oven people are so like all, I remember like friends, you'd go to the house and say, whoa, what's that? It's a toaster oven. It's awesome, man. I'm like, we just have a toaster at the house. Yeah, we just have a toaster and an oven. I got them both. Could I put my toaster strudel in the actual oven? Yeah, it'd just take a little yeah. longer. I mean, the great thing about the toaster oven, your bagels don't get stuck. Well, that's then you got to buy the toaster with a little bit wider tops. Yeah, to- toasters have advanced significantly over the years. They're, they're much more high tech. They got wider slots. Wow. They've got little settings. Oh, sure. You can, you know, you two, maybe two slice, four slice toaster. Yeah. Bagel settings. Mine, mine now, uh, you could just toast, you know, if you have a bagel or you have an English muffin, just toast one side. Mm. This is fascinating. Have you ever been to a fancy buffet where they have the wooden um, tongs so you can pull your toast out? No. When they have a toaster sitting there? No. I always thought that was pretty neat. Maybe they, I have, but I haven't noticed. Yeah, I don't I'm make like, toast. I don't know what those are for, but I'll just take my bagel out. <laughs> yeah. Ah, my fingers. That's what the tongs are for. Oh, all right. No, I, when I go to a buffet, I'm not making toast. But again, that's situation. Just well, uh, I'll have eggs and taters and sausages and stuff. Toaster oven from the three one two toaster toaster oven is a must have for any situ any kitchen. Uh, somebody from the four one four wondering what's going on with Kevin, uh, saying something can be too sweet. They don't understand it. I don't like overly like sugary stuff. I just don't. All right, from the two one nine saying yes, we can. You can definitely put a toaster strudel in a regular toaster. That would have been a niche market if they were only selling something that you could cook in a toaster oven. Yeah, but you risk the a... jelly like leaking out into your toaster, yeah, like and that's not a good idea. Right. And how much frosting gets? Uh, you know, I, according to the commercial, you're just supposed to put a little line of frosting. I'm guessing, Lauren, from your description, you goop it on there. So I always like to do one with the fancy line, like they do in the commercials. Oh, that's pretty. And then there's one where I just do <clears throat> put it all in the center and let it melt away over the corners, and it's like, oh, so. I can get a how toaster for tom- 20 bucks. All right. How about tomorrow instead of a Canarbo wagon, we do a toaster, <laughs> strudel, Pop-Tart throwdown. Yeah. So let me ask you this question best. about yes. your toaster oven. So like, let's say I just wanted a quick piece of toast in the morning. I throw it in my regular toaster. Do you guys toast like your bread in a toaster oven? Of course. You can, yeah. Yeah. What? There's a bagel setting. There's a toast setting. So you toast your bread in a it's toaster oven. It's a toaster. Oven. Yeah, how it's a toaster oven? and an oven. But how long does it take? Don't you have to, It's like an oven. It's you the same, freeze. Kevin. Basically, a what toaster, you? your bread goes vertical, and right. in the uh, toaster right. oven, your bread goes horizontal. Nah, that just feels It weird. all works the same. All right, but what kind of, other than a frozen pizza, or maybe, a, you know, uh, what, what can you oven in that right. toaster is oven? Is it worth my time? Uh, how Kevin's about pizza rolls? It's the best thing for pizza that. Pizza bagels. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff. So like is all the best. like junk food, like frozen junk yeah, food. So well, fantastic. actually, I got a new toaster oven, <laughs> yes. and mine even has a air fryer on it. 
nice. Okay, so let me ask you one wow. final question about the toaster oven. Because <laughs> they when I hear cutlets in there too, just what? a single little chicken. Yeah, I feel okay. like we're all of a sudden working at the what? Home Shopping Network. When, <laughs> I, this is fantastic. when I hear oven, I think of my just basic oven in Your the kitchen, oven. and I got to preset it, and I got to do you know broil or whatever it is. Do you have to preset a toaster oven? Like, yes. No. You well, have to it doesn't it? take as long. You don't preset when you're toasting. You just preset right. when you, when you, you put oven. it but, on, like, use it as an oven. So you can preset it to 350, 400. But what? when you're toasting, you just hit toast. Just hit toast. Uh, so you don't have to... Okay. There's different settings for I don't like things. the toaster oven. I'm just team toaster. You don't like it because you don't know it, Kev. <laughs> That's People right. It just Kevin's seems like confused. so much just for a slice of bread. Well, Kevin, I don't know. The texters seem to be agreeing with the ladies. They love them for uh, reheating leftover pizza. They always made... Uh, they're saying that uh, you, they have a toaster and a toaster oven in the house. When I was a kid, I would use the toaster for toaster strudels, not the toaster oven. It, this, is a, this is a hot topic. I don't know how we... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I'll start with pop tart. Oh, well, speaking of hot topics, yes, hot, hot pockets are good in a toaster oven. Of course they oh, are. Wow, that does what sound a, good. I'm getting a toaster oven. I'm getting to the point where I'm wondering what wouldn't be good in a toaster oven. <laughs> I didn't have a microwave in an apartment I lived at, and all I needed was a toaster oven. It was perfect. Okay. Kevin, this is good for you from the 708 toaster oven, perfect for a single person. Haven't used an oven or a toaster in years. Really? Yeah, yeah then, it's so true. Sure, and then get yourself a hot plate so you could cook up your can of soup. You live like a hobo. It's going to be fantastic. This sounds great. we got to start looking for... Tomorrow we'll have... Uh, Ashley, tomorrow if you're here, we're going to be doing a lot of toaster oven cooking during the show. It's going to be a whole new format. People are going to go crazy for it. We're going to have toaster strudels and bagel bites, and uh, Kevin's going to cook a roast in one of them. Mm-hmm. Can I broil in my toaster oven or just... Uh, no, you just can broil. Bake? I can broil in it mm-hmm. too? Kevin, we make steaks and toaster strudels. That works. That sounds good. So, not good for soup, according, <laughs> according to somebody. I, it's amazing. You could talk about the most hard-hitting news stories ever, and people are like, oh, that's interesting. You bring up toaster ovens, <laughs> the text screen is rolling around like a meat slicer. There's so many people weighing in on it. But we must, we must stop, unfortunately, our toaster oven talk, because we need to check on weather and traffic. Uh, I don't know what she's making in the traffic booth. It could be toaster strudels. It could be a Hot Pocket. But here's Lauren. John, I found a, a toaster oven that also has the regular toaster slots on top of it. This Whoa. was my question, because I've been looking at this during the break. <laughs> I'm seeing everything from $500. Right. To twenty thirty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I I like this one too, Kevin. I think I'm looking at the same place you are, Target. It's a nice one with uh with the toaster on top. Kim, how would you uh, how would you rate that? I Just, think that's clutch. You can have the best of both worlds. Uh, yeah, I've never heard good. of that. It's eighty yeah. bucks though. I mean, that's a how are the reviews? Oh no, the one I'm looking at is uh, forty four ninety nine. Oh. Three and a half, st- four and a half stars on. Uh, Isn't it kind of weird mm-hmm. though having an oven on your countertop? Like, yeah, look at no. how dirty it looks. Mine's clean. No, yeah, it's not hard to clean. Usually but, they come with like this little sheet on the bottom, so right, it will collect pull it crumbs. Out. Right, and clean all it. you got to do is pull it out and. Well, this looks dump like it. something we uh, got to do a lot of research on because yeah. there's there's all sorts of reviews on a million sites and there's all sorts of price points. Maybe Kevin, start with an entry level one. That's don't, what I'm thinking. Don't drop the five large on a, on a you know a smart convection oven. For I also your... found um, a whole page dedicated to toaster oven recipes. Because I'm like, okay, what can I really cook here? <laughs> and yeah, I love, and like single and, serving size stuff. It's yeah, and I, I love cooking, so maybe like they sure, have a skirt steak. Uh, <laughs> right. I would never do a skirt steak in a toaster. Why oven. not? Are you kidding me? People um, are saying it. People are saying it works. Yeah, they have cookie recipes, pork chop recipes. Bacon seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah, bacon. Yeah. I've put like asparagus if I want it kind of grilled with that crispness oh. in there. All right. Hmm. 
I, uh, baked potatoes and baked sweet potatoes work really oh, well. Oh yeah. How long does it? Uh, how long does it take to take in the toaster oven? That's gonna take a while. Same time as an oven. Well, really, usually yeah. a little less time, but yeah, a little less. Yeah. You can crank them up, and they get crispy. Right? It kind of crispy on the outside. I think sure. it'd be big for leftover pizza because if, is, you, if yeah. you nuke leftover pizza and yeah, fries, somebody somebody texted in about fries. Fries. Well, leftover yeah, fries. fries. You know how they're always there. like very gross. Just, yeah. So this will crisp them back up again. Really? Yeah. It's oh, a beautiful thing. Lauren, I want you not only a good wing wing woman, but you have it's you seem to have swayed Kevin. <laughs> I have a feeling he's making a stop on the way home. He's now you the, can set me up with someone food. and I'll bring it home. This is my toaster oven. Yeah. We can make anything in here. Wow. I can make anything. I can make anything. <laughs> you want a steak? <laughs> Done. Steak? You want some asparagus? Somebody uh, said that Lauren should toast her cashews in the uh, toaster oven. Hey, I would totally do that. Like a, just warm them up a little bit. Be delicious. Yeah. It's well. Listen, the things you learn. Yeah. In one afternoon here. Now everybody needs to go out and get a toaster oven. I wish if, I knew this before Christmas. Would have put on my put it on my list. I would have given everybody a toaster oven. <laughs> I would have been like Bill Murray and Scrooge giving people the VCRs. Everybody gets a toaster. Me and Oprah. You get a toaster oven, and you get a toaster oven, and you get a toaster oven. Right. Well, this is this is very exciting. I always thought they were. I don't know. I always thought they were just a, like if your oven was broken, you ran out and got a toaster oven. Well, someone texted me saying their oven's been broken for three years and they've been using the toaster yeah. oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know how some ovens can be finicky? They say it's 400 degrees, but then it doesn't cook evenly like it's supposed to. Okay. This is, I've never really had an inaccurate <laughs> toaster oven. Now, how where, where in the level of price points would you say your toaster oven falls? Like $35. Okay, that's a, that's doable for everybody. See, I'm envisioning mm-hmm. the Hot Pocket, because if you nuke a Hot Pocket, a lot of times the middle of it's still cold, and it's all right. uneven, but the outside corners will burn your face off. I feel like mm-hmm. this could be the solution to my Hot Pocket problem. How many Hot Pockets you eat in a day? Or not, a week? Or not a month? lot. I try I to avoid say, the Hot Pockets. I was going to say, how many, if you're gonna, I'm going to make a purchase in case one day one I decide I need a hot pocket. hot pocket. Maybe that's a day I go to the dispensary, <laughs> buy myself a little something, I, I say, come home. These are great uh, for the... I need a Hot Pocket. For the marijuana community. Well, some people are uh, insinuating that we may have already been to a dispensary with this conversation. But <laughs> I don't know. It feels that way. Uh, I've had the most. Uh, I've had the most of different. Get the KitchenAid. People now. People are calling it with actual models that they recommend. Uh, toaster oven is a summer oven. You don't have to have the AC on on a hot summer day. Oh, that's a good call. I have good thoughts. Toaster oven, greatest appliance in kitchen. Pizza, nuggets, toast, fries, etc. Anything you want crispy, quick thirty seconds <laughs> in microwave, then toaster oven. All right. Okay. And then they're saying get the one like Kim has the one with the air fryer. They're saying air fryer tots are the best. Kim seems like the one who a person who would get like the five hundred dollar toaster oven. Is that accurate, Kim? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Done. No comment, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't see. I don't see Kim rocking a twenty dollar. No, 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 no. Toaster oven that she picked up at the Goodwill. About to, you know, that but might they're be right. Good. Tots are really good in the air fryer. <laughs> I've had them out of the air fryer, and they're pretty good. Oh, see, now this, look at how self-reliant you guys are. Kevin and Lauren, you're, you're living your lives. you got your toaster ovens. You're doing things for yourself. Your parents aren't putting an ad to get you a nanny. Oh, boy. Yes, an 18-year-old college student in Canada, their parents put an ad, her mom put an ad in the paper. Uh, job for a nanny. To cook and clean for an 18-year-old college student. The job listing was posted by a concerned parent whose daughter is a law undergrad at the University of Leeds. Uh, the Canadian student already has a driver and a lovely two-bedroom apartment. Spoiled. Yeah. I don't. I didn't have a car in college. 
<laughs> I was lucky if I had a friend with a car. Um, the, to- the toils of student life have proven too much to bear. This is why there's... Welcome people- to life. What's yes. going to happen when she graduates? Well, listen, when she has a job, she'll probably have servants. It's, it sounds like sounds like she'll have a full staff. Her parents say they want to ensure their daughter lives without the stress of laundry, as her schedule is, quote, very intense. I would like to live without the stress of laundry, too. I have an intense schedule. Despite the need for a cook, the ad doesn't need to ask for a gourmet chef, only that they keep the fridge stocked with healthy snacks. The listing was actually posted on Indeed, which is a, a an actual job site. So look at Ashley going, uh, probably pays better than producing. They, let's see. So yes, rich people are uh, a little bit crazy. More optimistic people who are answering and very, very optimistic saying, oh, this is, this is good. You get to live in a really cool city center apartment and all you have to do is put uh, food in the refrigerator and do the laundry. I don't know what it pays. doesn't really say in, uh, in here what, uh, what the salary is. I would imagine it's a part-time job. They would like you to have one year of babysitting experience. That says it all, doesn't it? It, it sure does. <laughs> if you're an 18-year-old uh, person and you're in college, what kind of, one, self-esteem do you have that you would allow allow yourself to have a nanny? Two, as Lauren most accurately pointed out, you're going to graduate from college someday and you're going to have to go to work. If you're going to need help in college right now, and hey, I remember college, it's a lot on your plate. Yeah. But then you're definitely, like, I can't foresee this person actually working a job because they can't deal with the stress of life. No, you you, you know, we all work. We find time to do our laundry. You know, you have a toaster oven, it makes cooking a little bit easier. We know that much. <laughs> exactly. That, that cuts down on a whole big thing of having to plan your dinner. But this, I just found this, I found this funny and sad at the same time. Sad that if you're a parent, one, you got to have, you, obviously this is somebody who has a lot of money, but it also shows that you really have no faith in your child, that you have coddled your child to the point where they are pretty much helpless. And at 18, to, to realize your child is helpless has got to be a very dispiriting thing. You know, my daughter, when she was in college, would call home once in a while and go, oh, man, it's so busy. I don't know when I'm going to have time to do my laundry. I, uh, You know, I had class, and then I had a meeting, and then I had this, and I had that. And then the next day, I talked to her, oh, how'd it go? Oh, I got everything done. Because that's what you do. Yeah, you find a way. Yeah, when you're, when you're, you find a way anytime, but especially when you're in college, you know, all of this stuff is important, but it's also... You, Things can slide a little bit. You can adjust things a little better. You know, maybe you get out of class early one day. You just find time to, you know, do your laundry at a different time. You go in the middle of the night, whatever it is. But yeah, to, I, I, as a parent, if I ever got to the point where I thought that my child was so inept that I had to get them somebody to stock their refrigerator, I would realize that I was a failure as a parent. Just uh, not good. Ashley, you're a young woman. Would you want a nanny? Yeah. Would you really? <laughs> no. I, of course not. I mean, it would be nice every so often to have a little help, but I want to know what this girl's schedule is. Well, like she's I, an undergrad. It can't be that yeah, hard. right? Like, what else is she doing? A bunch of clubs, a bunch of homework? I mean, people figure it out. Selfies? Yeah. Maybe she's got a lot of things she's got to post on the gram. Yeah. She's, that takes up time. But here's the thing. College isn't just about teaching you whatever schooling you're learning to... Ber- 
be in the profession that you're going to want to be in. Right. But it's also where you learn to be an adult and be on your own. That's a big Life part skills. of it. Yes, it's how I'm on my own. What it, What will happen if I... Don't pay my rent. What will happen yeah. if I don't go to class? I shouldn't Oops. have gone out Monday night. I right. learned that the hard way. Now I will know for the future. Here is the uh, here's part of the description. She has a driver who can pick up the groceries and drive her around, but someone to ensure she eats well and lives without the stress of laundry, cleaning, as her study schedule is very intense. This applicant does not need to be a gourmet chef, simply someone who can ensure my daughter eats three healthy meals a day and the fridge is always full of healthy snacks, juice, etc. And knows how to operate a toaster oven. Yes, I, I would put that as an addendum. She's a Canadian, and she needs someone to cook and clean for her and live in a two-bedroom apartment in Leeds City Center with a full kitchen, and it's a lovely apartment. The hour requirement and rate can and will be tailored to the appropriate candidate. So there you go. If you want to move to a... She's Canadian, but she's living in London. You want to get over there, get yourself a part-time job, you know, babysitting some... Some toddler wrapped in an 18-year-old body? Good for you. <laughs> All right, let's do this uh, because it is news time. So we head to the newsroom with Kim. Brian in for row. We're here till 7. Then Justin Kaufman comes in for an abbreviated extension, 7.20. We've got Blackhawks hockey. The pregame starts at 8.30. The Blackhawks are in Vancouver tonight uh, having a nice little road trip. They're above 500 for the first time in a while. Things are looking good. Uh, how are you feeling about the uh, the Canucks tonight, Kevin? Uh, well, Hawks beat them pretty handily earlier in the year, 5-2. to two. Robin Leonard's going to be in net tonight. Um, they're a team that's in the playoff picture for sure. You are, we're already through. This is game 42. Yeah. We're halfway through the season. It's amazing. And this little run the Hawks have going has kept them in the hunt. They're just four points back of a wild card spot. Vancouver has four more points than the Hawks. So it's a big one tonight, and uh, they play well on the road. So... Um, yeah. This would be a big one. That would be a, it. Would be a nice win. Then they come back here on Sunday to play the uh, Red Wings. So it will be uh, you know, we'll be watching. We'll be listening. John and Troy with the puck drop at nine o'clock from Vancouver. Uh, now in the new year, a lot of people focus on bettering themselves. You know, oh, we've got to. We're going to lose weight. We're going to work out. We're going to change how we are. Uh, if I had a dollar for every Facebook post that told me to cut out toxic people from my life and replace them with a good people and all all this uh, happy psychobabble, I would be a wealthy man. But there are there are things we can do to try to look at ourselves a little better. And one of those, you know, there's people who are afraid to do things for themselves with fear of being called selfish. I don't know about you. When I when I was growing up, uh, you you were always supposed to do for others. You weren't really supposed to care too much about yourself. Yeah, twenty nineteen for me was to be more selfish. And how'd that work out? Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, people hear selfish, they think like, oh, you're you're yes. a jerk. But that's not the case. Being selfish is just working on yourself. Right. Yeah. And, if you can't take care of yourself, how are you supposed to help others? And exactly. sometimes you are supposed you are you're both absolutely right. And sometimes you have to put your needs first. Yeah. And that's okay. So with that in mind, if you are trying to, you know, repeat Kevin's work in 2019 with your own for 2020, or you want to just feel a little more assertive, feel like you could stand up for yourself a little more without feeling bad that you are uh, self-imposed, that you're feeling selfish, here are some things that seem totally selfish, but really aren't, according to science and experts. So we've all been in the situation where we've had to cancel plans or say no to plans. Somebody calls you up, hey, Lauren, you want to go out Thursday night? We've got this big thing happening, but for whatever reason, you just don't want to go or you can't go 
or whatever. And used to be, you know, maybe you'd feel bad. But in a perfect world, you have the ability to squeeze everybody in. Well, we're not. We don't live in a perfect world. We have limited hours in our day. So according to recent research published in the Oxford University Press, it's okay to say no. The study argues that saying no to everything from daily distractions to after-work plans can help you achieve goals faster and grant yourself the space and recovery time you need. Uh, they, they do say, say I don't versus I can't. For example, uh, I don't eat sweets this day or I don't go out during the week or I don't have time because of this. So you're not being selfish if you want alone time or you just want to stay home. You're just looking out for yourself. But there's you. We all have friends who are like, "Come on, man! You haven't gone out. You really, you really should go out with us." I don't want to go out with you. I'm staying home tonight. When you hit send to voicemail on a call, do you ever feel bad when you do that? I no. don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I do it all the time, and I don't feel bad at all. May, I all right. Not never. Sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, I really should talk to that person," but I am not in the mood. So click. Uh, sometimes people just reach out at the wrong time. A, a study from Kent University in Ohio found that those who are attached to their phone are likely to be less happy compared to those who can resist a ring or a text message alert. Permission to prioritize is granted, so you don't have to answer every call or every text. My daughter, if she calls me and I don't or texts me and I don't text her back, like a minute later I'll get a question mark. Then if I don't answer that, I'll get another question mark. And I'm like... Either one, I'm busy. Two, I don't, you know, I don't really feel like responding at this exact moment because I figure if it was an emergency, if it's an emergency, she's going to let me know. Hey, I really need to talk to you right now. But she does this thing. I don't know if uh, if this is a generational thing. I don't know if you guys actually call people or just text. I hate talking on the phone. So do I. Wow. All right. Maybe that, <laughs> well, that, maybe that answers my question right there because she will call me. I don't. I don't mind texting, but I'm. I believe texting is for short amounts of information. I'll be there in fifteen minutes. I'm outside. Uh, what do you need from the store? Something like that. I. If I'm going to have a full conversation with you, I want to talk to you. She will call me, but she never leaves a message. I never leave a message. Really? Yeah, never. That to me is one of the. Pardon me, Kevin. I find that to be incredibly rude. Rude? Yes. If you call me and you have something to tell me, leave me a brief message. I'll just wait for you to call and then I'll tell you. <laughs> but if it's something I'm not interested in, I'm not going to call you back. If you say, well, I wouldn't have called if I didn't think it was interesting to you. All right, then give me a hint. Are you on fire or do you want to go get a beer? Ooh, I like the idea. Leave teases as voicemails. (laughs) I may or may not be in in a burning vehicle right now. (laughs) Something is happening in need of help. Right, coming up. Find out if I make it out alive. (laughs) All right, that would be great. That to me, I would. If I don't answer, I probably didn't make it. If my interest is piqued by your call, just getting just nothing does nothing for me the test results are back were they good or bad find out i love it is your oven trying to kill you all these you know <laughs> why am i not wearing pants call me back and find out what i gotta, I gotta call her back that would be great that's another <laughs> lauren that's your second million dollar idea Thank you. of the day first was your wing person tutorials uh online or in book form and now this uh leaving leaving a tease is a voicemail yes <laughs> when you skip an apology some people say that's selfish I don't believe so. When you what apology? Skip an apology. Yeah, people that won't own up to stuff rub me the wrong way. 
Yes, if they really owe you an apology, they do. According to this, uh, women apologize a lot more than men because uh, they have a lower threshold than men of what they consider offensive. Uh, Researchers explain that apologies can be a de facto way of communicating, a way of filling the silence and keeping the peace while interacting with others. So and that's if that's the case, we've all run into people who apologize for everything. Mm-hmm. That's different from what you're saying, Kevin, because if you do commit some egregious act or offend somebody or, you know, like I've been yelling at Ashley nonstop, I'll probably apologize. Probably not. But, uh, you know, then you owe somebody an apology. But we there was I there were somebody here and they were apologizing for things that they, there's no reason to apologize. And then you find yourself going, stop apologizing. It's okay not to apologize. You don't owe me an apology because you had to go to the bathroom. I had somebody apologize to me for that. A producer, I was going, I'm so sorry, I have to go to the bathroom. Wow, do I strike you like as a guy who's going to go sit there and wet your pants? You'll pay total attention to me nonstop for four hours. That's pretty much, well, that's kind of how I am, right, Ashley? Yeah, close. <laughs> rough around the edges. Sure, rough around the edges, but warm inside like a, a toaster strudel that has been in a toaster oven. <laughs> as long as you make it properly. Oh, it's going to be delicious. Just going to ooze right out. Uh, somebody texting in, I don't leave messages very often because I know so many people that never listen to them. That's true, too. Uh, I try and read the guests of the phone, the, how the phone reads I it. I like that, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that with some people. Some people I will always listen to their message all the way through. Some people, I will just read the first couple lines on the text and then decide if I need to continue listening or not. But with family, I think you should always leave your family members. When you call your parents or somebody, Kevin, somebody in your family, you don't leave them a message either. Wow. All right. We're all so up to date with each other from our group text. Mm -hmm. text. Everybody knows where everybody's doing and where we are. (laughs) So no need to talk to anybody. Yeah. All right. We've got a couple more of these things that seem selfish but aren't. uh, But I don't want to be selfish and hog all the time because it's time for us to go up and talk to Lauren, who's got weather and traffic. We were talking about some things that seem uh, totally selfish but aren't. But we're getting a lot of texts from people who are agreeing with Lauren and Kevin that they don't leave messages. Uh, I... Maybe I'm the only one who feels that way. Well, what's the point, you know? So, so I know why you're calling me. Well, just call me back and I'll tell you why I called you. <laughs> but here's the thing. I might not have time for a long conversation. So if you're calling me just to chit-chat and you got, you know... You... I never call anyone just to chit-chat. No? Because I hate talking on the phone like Lauren said earlier. Not a fan. Now, is that, again, I think... I think it's just holding the phone to your ear. And oh, that's and Just like the hassle. whole thing. The whole well, thing is well too much. You FaceTime. At least that's a little bit more interactive facetime is fine i would rather do that than talk on the phone but even then what for is whatever it, what reason is it i about just the phone that bothers you so much i i just i'm a different person on the phone i don't know what to talk about <laughs> i can't just randomly talk about stuff but if i'm looking if you're looking at my face you could randomly talk about stuff yeah i'm better at it i, I don't know why it's different for me but it is <laughs> all right i again i who am i to judge because i'm obviously in the minority my daughter thinks exactly like you guys don't need to leave any, don't need to leave any messages and and no matter and the more I tell her, hey, can you just tell me that you know you're calling just to talk and I'll call you back the more I tell her that no the less th- doesn't do any good <laughs> I, well she can't leave less unless she just texts me one letter and then I have to guess the rest like wheel of fortune every time we have a conversation uh I'm playing hangman with her just trying to find out if she's uh if she made it back to the airport all right or if the uber uber driver killed her on the way. Oh, thankfully, finally, somebody so rude not leaving a message. All right, myself and one listener. 
Everybody else is but on your side. Why? Why leave a message? Why is it rude? Uh, look, this is how it would go down. Let's say I had to call you about something, down, yeah. Brian Noon, okay? And I call you, and you don't answer. Right. I'm immediately just going to say, and let's say it was about the show, right? right. We all, I, we were booking a guest. Correct. And I was going to call you and tell you about the booking of the guest. That would be great. And I'd love to answer. hear that message. You were busy making toaster strudels in your toaster oven. Well, you shopping a for a toaster oven, you know that. So I would just shoot you a text. Hey, so-and-so's booked for the segment. Okay. I don't have anything against texting. And then when I saw you at work, I would talk to you more in length about the certain segment we were, we were going to do. Well, why would you call me in advance when a text would have done okay in, in the first place? Why would I what? Why would you call me? Because maybe with I had that some more lengthy details, but then I'll right. just give you a short message to give you an idea of what I was calling about. All right. <laughs> I again, I don't know. People wondering hey, if you can't talk. See, but I don't. If you can't talk on the phone, how do you make it in radio? It's a different conversation. It's very different. Much different very talking different. here than talking on the phone, or even just in person. Did you? Is it because I was? And this is not. This is not one of these. Oh, millennials or Gen X or whatever. This is not that. This is actual curiosity about because I grew up talking on the phone. We granted we didn't have other modes of communication. So, like in high school. I would go down to the uh, the basement of my parents' house with the rotary dial phone. I'd stretch the cord into the bathroom, close the door, and that's where I'd have my chats. So I grew up always talking on the phone. Yeah, when, when I was in high school and younger, I for sure talked on the phone a lot with your buddies. Yeah, when there three, was no social media. Three-way right. calling and all that. And then I think in college when phones started, phones got better. So you almost used it for their initial <laughs> purpose of calling Well, people. then it was instant messenger right. like instant AIM yeah. MSN. Or what was that? Yeah, MSN? AIM. Yeah, yeah, aim and oh. MSN, and then right. Facebook, well, right. MySpace, then Facebook. That's I think that's the other part of it because you pretty much know what's going on in someone's life yeah. all the time. Well, that's now. true. You're not calling to catch up for the past month. What's going on in your life? You see everything that's going on in someone's life because everyone puts it on social media. That that part I agree with 100. percent You don't. I, well, who? Do, oh, I saw Ashley today when she came in. I was, oh, you been you went skiing, huh? She didn't have to tell me. I saw a picture. So I knew she'd been skiing. So all right. So I don't have to. I don't have to call to catch up with somebody, and I can text with everything else. So I don't know. I mean, it, I would imagine there's some businesses. This is not one where you have to where you have to talk on the phone. And I've read I've read different reports from business people saying that is a that is a problem with or a concern with a generation of workers who don't want to talk on the phone. But I I'm running into it more and more, and it just it just confuses me. It's it is how it is. It's that's the way things are. I'm not going to change everybody's mind. I'm not here to you know. I'm going to leave you it. messages though now all the time. I would love you to leave me messages. Middle of the night, your phone's going to ring. Oh, I send it to voicemail. Here's another. Here's another way I differ from you. I go up to bed. I turn my phone off. I plug it in downstairs in the kitchen to charge up. I don't have a phone anywhere near my bed. Oh, really? Yep. Nope. Nope. And this is the first time we haven't had a landline. So if something happens in the middle of the night, call my wife's phone. She leaves it on. I don't. She, which is probably smart, because if something were to happen to our daughter, she, you know, there's a phone. There's a phone that rings in the room that I would, I would hear. Well, your phone's ringing, but I don't know. I don't have my phone on. That's crazy talk. I'm going up to bed. What are you going to text me in the middle of the night? What are you going to tell me then? Nothing. You're going to give me, leave me one of those tease messages that Lauren's so, uh, so high on. <laughs> What's going to happen if you don't get enough sleep? Am I in Call jail or do I have great news? <laughs> There's someone in the house. Find out how it ends. One of your relatives may or may not be dead. What? <laughs> this is horrifying. I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to do. This is so very bad. 
Um, another texter, it's rude not to leave a message. Why would you call uh, if you don't like talking on the phone? So uh, my husband and I completely agree with you. It's polite to leave a short message. Why would you call them back and have no idea why? I, I don't know. Because uh, well, because I I know they're going to leave me some entice. They're going to have an enticing tidbit of information if I do call them back. So that's good. What's uh, all right? Uh, talk about rude. A man who set off fireworks near a movie theater as his friends made a marriage proposal created a panic among moviegoers who mistook the fireworks for gunshots. Well, then he uh, he got in a fight at the. Well, this is the wrong. Oh no, that's not the. This was supposed to be a story about. A man arrested for fighting a gas pump. Guy was at a gas station. Got very, very angry with his uh, lady friend. They were having an argument. And then he decided to turn and fight the, gra- fight the gas pump. But this is about somebody who uh, ruined their friend's marriage proposal. That's not fun. We don't want to talk about that. Uh, so, I don't know. I d- yes? Oh, it sounded like you had something to say. All right, so let me do this. We're going to, before we talk to Justin, we're, I'll just, uh, as we start the year, a way to shed old habits, if only for a day. This came from, uh, this came from, I don't know, this makes me sound a million years old, too. It came from Dear Abby. So, a lot of times we've set these big resolutions. We've set these goals for ourselves, and we tend to look at the whole thing when we should only look at one thing. So just for today, I will live through this day only. I will not brood about yesterday or obsess about tomorrow. Just for today, I will be happy. I will not dwell on thoughts that depress me. If my mind fills with clouds, I will chase them away. Just for today, I will accept what is. I will face reality. I will correct the things that I can correct and accept those I cannot. Just for today, I will accept what is. I will accept that Lauren and Kevin will not leave me a message. Uh, Just for today, I will improve my mind. I will read something that requires effort, thought, and concentration. I will not be a mental loafer. I'm going to read a lot of product descriptions about toaster ovens. That will improve my mind and my diet. Just for today, I will make a conscious effort to be agreeable. No. I will be kind and courteous to those who cross my path. I will not speak ill of others. I better just stay in bed that day. That day is not going to work out too well. Just for today, I will do something positive to improve my health. If I'm a smoker, I'll quit and get off the couch and take a brisk walk. And just for today, I will gather the courage to do what is right and take responsibility for my own actions. So those are things you can do just for one day to make things a little better in 2020. Let's do this, and then we'll find out what Justin is going to talk about on WGN. Thanks for listening and being part of the program. I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Ashley. Uh, Justin Kaufman is here, a very truncated version of Extension 720, but uh, thank you for, or Happy New Year. Happy I New should Year. Say. Good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you, too. Yeah. You're looking fit. You're looking well. 2020 is <laughs> treating right. you treating it's you good so far. a great year it's, so far. Well, one, good. One I hope it continues. Uh, tonight, we're back in just for a little bit, like you said, right for the Blackhawks game, but we're yeah. going to continue our movie challenge tonight. It's The Fugitive versus Christmas Vacation. Oh, man. <laughs> Which, one See, of these two. The fa- Fugitive's the overall number one, so it's hard to beat that. Fugitive Christmas, is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, this is the season for Christmas Vacation, which That's is right. almost on a continuous loop at our house. Exactly. Oh man, I don't know how I don't it's know how my one. vote would go in on this. Now, the the one thing to take away is that The Fugitive is iconic. Chicago. It's about the Chicago film, so it's iconic, Correct. meaning it's everywhere. Everything right. Chicago. Every scene is Chicago, right. and there's a lot in Christmas Vacation where you go. There's no mountains in Chicago. That's right. There's a, so there's a lot that takes it away, and really the house could be anywhere. That's right. It actually is was anywhere. It was in the Warner Brothers lot in California. So it's sh- it's set in. 
Chicago, but it is shot elsewhere. Well, so I that, think, that's, a, that's tough. That I think you've swayed my vote. <laughs> One, because I don't have the courage of my convictions, and two, because you're a very, very persuasive talker. Well, The Fugitive is, is unbelievable, and uh, it's going to be probably in the final four, but it does have to finish its business. It's got to be Christmas vacation tonight. All right, we'll, well, we'll be listening. Justin Kaufman next on WGN.